Hello, and welcome to episode 40 of the Music Relish Show, the rebranded Music Relish Show, with your hosts, Lou, Rosacious, McButtcheeks, a.k.a. Mark Smith, and Perry. Hey. Uh, Hello. Welcome, Hello. guys. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Happy July 30th. Oh, good evening, because you, you guys, uh, we were having a conversation the other day, and you guys were talking about Boris Karloff and good evening and Bella Lugosi. Right. And, and I got blah. confused between them. <laughs> uh, Dracula never went blah. He, blah. he never did that. Rich <laughs> yeah. okay, Little, so, I think, you know, probably turned it into that. If you're a first-time listener, this is a mostly music discussion podcast, but we also branch out to other areas of interest that we like. Yeah. Um, movies, um uh, butterfly collections, slides of igneous rock formations, anything of interest that is pertinent yep. to us, we'll discuss at times. Anyway, uh, but tonight is uh, mostly mostly about music. So what we're going to talk about tonight is some Godfather trivia, kind of a spillover from our um, music relish show about movies, about yeah, gangster yep. movies in particular. And then we're going to talk about, um, Perry's got a video and an audio of John Paul Jones playing pedal steel on some particular song. You'll fill us in, I'm on sure. Royal Orleans. Ah, Okay. And Mark's going to talk about power ballads, the power ballad. That was a term that became a term in the 80s. It became mm -hmm. a genre term. Right? I've heard it. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> and then uh, Perry's got a, a video and audio from 1968 of the great, great Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah. Gordon I'm Lightfoot. doing some folk music. Yep. Yeah. Some folk music. I'm going to talk about none other than the Silver Fox, Charlie Rich, if anyone gives a shit. And Perry's got some random relish, and I'll probably wrap it up if we get that far. So, gentlemen. Well, all right. Okay. All right. Should we just dive right in? Yeah, let's, let's dive, dive right in. in. in my pages of notes here. <clears throat> Episode 40. Okay. So, we discussed uh, some uh, gangster movies on our music. A couple relish. of weeks ago. Yeah. 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 So, I was thinking about some Godfather things that I didn't think about at the time. So, I got a couple of multiple, qu multiple choice questions for you guys and yep. just see if you know them to test because you've both seen the Godfathers one and two. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Nothing from Godfather three is on here. Okay. So, I have a question What's the Corleone's real last name? These are multiple choice. Is it A. Andolini, B. Lebrandi, or C. Abona? Now, each of you take a guess. So I'll I'm going to go with A. Andolini. I'm going Andolini. with A. I know it's A. You both are correct. It is Andolini. Yeah. <laughs> do you know? Do you remember the line from Godfather Two? Uh, well, my Robert name Dino is goes, Vito Andolini, and this and is this for is you, or something to that effect. That's right? exactly <laughs> it. Before he eviscerates Don Chichi, whatever the guy's name was. Um, that's another trivia question. What was the other Don's name? We we couldn't answer that the last time. It was Don Chichi. No, it wasn't Altobello. Altobello was the guy that hid Michael when Michael killed McCluskey and Solozzo. But Down with the white you know, suit. Yeah, the, the guy was oh. in the, the war compass, the guy that killed um, uh, young Vito's mother and brother yeah. and father mm -hmm. and everyone else. Anyway, okay, question number two. They shot Pablo. Yeah, yeah Pablo? This, this is an A or B. Paolo. Paolo. Um, who is younger, Michael or Connie Corleone? Mark. Michael. Harry? I, I always thought Michael was the youngest. Actually, the answer is A, Connie. Oh. Michael is the youngest so son. That's Connie his kid sister. Son. Okay. Yep. Oh. Okay. Question number three. What's Mama Corleone's first name? Is it A, Antoinette, B, Marie, or C, Carmela? Mark? Going with C. 
Mark I'm going Carmella. with C. You both are correct. Yay. Carmela. Carmela Corleone. Orandolini. Question number four. Um, on The Godfather Part 1, the son-in-law Carlo that Sonny beats with a garbage can lid in the shoe. Um, what is Carlo's last name? Is it A, Maniscalco, B, Rizzi, or C, D'Agostino? Mark? I'm going to go with B. Mark says B. Carlo Can you repeat Rizzi. the names again? Carlo? Uh, Carlo was, was his first name. Uh, well, the last name was it Maniscalco, Rizzi, or D'Agostino? I think it was Carlo Maniscalco. Mark is correct. It is actually Carlo Rizzi. Yeah. Carlo Rizzi. Come on. All right. Rolls off number the tongue. Question, nice. This is question number five. And there's a bonus question. <laughs> I wasn't keeping score anyway. Um, what is Clemenza's first name? Capergeme Clemenza. Was it A, Giuseppe, B, Peter, or C, Francesco Perry first? It's Peter. B. Okay. Mark? Gonna go with C. Pair is correct. It is Peter Clemenza. Peter. Okay. All right. All right. Bonus question or the last question. Can either one of you name the five families in The Godfather? <sighs> no. You mean no. the five families in real in in the movies in or the movie. in the uh... in the movie? Um, Tor I'm... Tarantino or. Tortalia, okay, yeah. Tortellini, come on, man. There's this Corleone. Uh, so that's there's Tortalia, Corleone, Barzini, Barzini. Wait, that's three. Was it Tortalia or Barzini? No, no is that, no, is no, that no, really no, one no, of them? Barzini. Uh, Barzini was one. So we got. Wait, so we, we mentioned Corleone, Tortalia, Barzini. Two more. There are the lesser known, of course. Who was the Turk? That was Salazzo. He was not. He was an outsider. He, he was, was not. Uh, I was not a family. Yeah. They call him the Turk because he's good with a knife, but only in matters of business. Um, that's all I can come up with. I'm stumped. I'm like, okay. I'm bad with that. Okay, oh, wait, wait, stumped. wait. Hold on one second. I remember the scene where they remember met. The scene. Yeah, they, they, all the families met. Yes. Roberto? No, no. No, okay, what, what are they? Senior Roberto was the landlord. I think he was yeah, the yeah, landlord yeah. in, in Godfather. The Calabrese were practically Paisan. Yeah, yeah. So the last were Stracci and Cuneo. Stracci. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so that were, those were the last last two. Uh, now, in the sequence, in the, in the hit scene, I don't know who was I don't know who was in the elevator. One in the revolving door. I, I, you, know, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, Barzini got it on the steps of the courthouse or whatever it was. Right, yep. We hit Bruno Tatali at 3 a.m. this morning. Got to go to the mattresses. Disclaimer, oh, another one. Uh, Tessio's name, remember I asked you guys what his last, first name was? Yeah. Salvatore. Salvatore, yeah. Yeah, because you showed, Perry, you showed the scene where it says, can't do it, Sally. Yeah, yep. So that was, you know, so Godfather Trivia. So, you know, it was good. Good. Now, going on to subject <laughs> you number. Your, uh, Frankie Five Angels impersonation. <laughs> there won't be any trouble for me. You look terrific. <laughs> Don't uh, worry about a thing, Frankie Five Angels. Subject number two. Harry's got to talk about uh, John Paul Jones. What are we talking about? John Paul Jones. <laughs> John and this Paul alleged, John. This alleged John? pedal steel guitar thing he played. John Paul oh, George Ringo. Uh-oh, I can't find it. I can't find it. Where? Oh, no. Who's, where right, is it? Okay. 
So I will play the Godfather theme through my nose. Ready? Yes. <laughs> you ready yet, Perry? I'm buying you time. Lou, make the bad man stop. I came across this audio sample, so let's uh, then we'll see what, it, what what do you think about it. He's into it. It teases the crowd. Ooh. He's rocking, man. Yeah. <clears throat> that is really good. That's really that's good. Some recent, that's recent times. I, I don't know when that is. Yeah. Wait, wait, he's, he's older. You can tell by the video. He's older, but uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Who's nice. the band? I have no idea. The drumming was drumming was very... Uh, Bonham-esque. Bonham-esque. <laughs> I noticed the uh, bass player was playing a stick. He was uh, it was that thin thing that you tap instead of pluck. So you yeah, well, like let's, let's see it again. I want to see that bass you're talking He's playing about. Playing the chapstick. Where's the bass player? Right there in the middle. Uh, you see so. him head on in one of these scenes. See him. Nobody's fault but mine. Yeah, that, that's a stick. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yep. Well, watch the so crowd. This is great. Yep. Yeah, that's a, you know he's a studio cat like James, uh, like Jimmy Page was, right? Yeah, <clears throat> that was very cool. A multi instrumentalist. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I heard on the Scott McLean show you guys were talking about like that Led Zepp last Led Zeppelin album where it was mostly John Paul Jones doing the a keyboards and things, right? Yeah, my yeah. favorite Zepp album. Is it? It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's the most it's different. They didn't rip off any blues. You know, it was they came into their own, in my opinion. Um, Rolling Stone wrote mellowed, but still powerful. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, they had those like you know those first three led you know one two and three were uh, what was the third one? It was called they were called one two and three, weren't they? Yeah. Three had the dial. And those were like I know the third one was more acoustic, but they were then they drifted to that middle sort of physical graffiti presence sort of houses of the holy thing where yeah. they were evolving again as far as that. Heavy, heavy sound. Mm-hmm. So I was, I, cool. I was just trying to find some something where that came from, and I can't get any information on that band. Where what came from? Where that video? Because I know he toured. He has a he has a solo album out <clears throat> that that's very unique music, and it was probably the tour behind that album that we got that clip from. Maybe, you, you but the drum sounded the good. What was that, Lou? Yeah. You couldn't tell by the video who the other musicians. No, nobody was recognizable. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. But it sounded good. It sounded great. Yeah, cool. for um I don't know. Well, some people that shoot the stuff where they re they re you know, they re 
do it for uh, YouTube. They they change the focus. You know, there's special effects right. that they use on their own. Make it look snappy. Yeah. But John Paul Jones, I, yeah, I ha- like I said, I have no idea when that was. A few, I guess 10 years ago, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is, is he a retired musician now? Well, I don't know about that, but... Uh, a, a lot he, of musicians are, are calling themselves retired. It's kind of funny. You, know? you weren't really, supposed to retire yeah. in rock and roll. You die. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> There's no retirement in rock and roll. Yep. <clears throat> Interesting. Without... What's Interesting. That? that could have been from 2009. He did a lot of touring, and he played. He did a tour with Sonic Youth. That's a unique uh, wow. double. Wow. Band. Yeah. Well, oh, and he, he also pretty... toured with King Crimson. He opened for them at a bunch of dates in 2001. So he's yeah, he's been touring. Also, in the early 90s, he did work with REM. He did some uh, arrangements and nights. Nights. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. In fact, one of their big numbers he did the arrangement on, right? I forgot which one it was. A month night, 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 night swimming, night swimming. Yeah, the, the did, strings. Yeah. yeah, they contain. They can change the title to day drinking. <laughs> day drinking <clears throat> deserves a quiet place. I toast to you, Lou. Oh, it's evening yeah. drinking now. Okay, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> John, it is yeah. yes. It, it is seven o two or seven no. Seven o two in North Carolina. Seven o two p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Don't move here. Is it Eastern Eastern Standard Time or is it Eastern Daylight Time? What is Eastern Standard? Eastern Standard. Yes, What time is it in New Jersey? It's seven in New York. What time is it in New Jersey? It's seven o two in eight seconds. Ah, okay. I'm a I'm a second ahead of you and four seconds ahead of Lou. Something. (laughs) I I don't know. Like no, Lou's closer to the equator or something. I'm near Ecuador, <laughs> which is named after the equator. Yeah, and their biggest Scott, Scott McLean's right near the, the equator. Yeah. In Florida, when it's almost 100 degrees here, that's that's bad. That's bad for the rest of the country. You know, what's up comfortable today mountains. up here? What's that? Really comfortable today up here. Oh yeah, 80 uh, degrees, no humidity. No, oh, well, uh, today's our last day of humidity. Tomorrow and Tuesday are going to be really nice. So I'm going cool. to wrap it. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. Let's move on. So, Mark, you want to talk about some uh, a certain form of music, rock music called the power ballad? Power ballads. What a great format of music. Helped bands that were heavy, but they couldn't attract the girls. Attract the girls. It gave the guys that listen to hard rock a chance to get with their girls for some songs. Um a lot of people say that Journey was the first band to start that. And I agree, you know, mm. but the mm, 80s really. was ripe with, I mean, heavy metal was heavy metal up until a certain point, And then heavy metal became power ballads and hard rock. Right. So, yeah. So um, love it or hate it. Uh, the whole format to squeeze everything in and just say power ballads. It's stupid. There are some power ballad songs that I actually liked, but most of them were dreadful, you know, and MTV played that crap out of them too and got you sick of them <laughs> so uh yeah a lot of times if you see the video along with it like yeah this is fucking bullshit you know but like what? you know is, if, is you there see, an actual... if you hear it without the uh without the video you may like it yeah is there yeah. an actual definition of power ballad i think it would be basically a hard rock or heavy metal band that does a ballad and it's got but... you know it's got heavy drums. You got heavy drums, heavy guitars, but it's a ballad. You know, Slow it's very tempo. Yeah. Slow to yeah. mid tempo kind of. Isn't it F sort of a money making genre or, you know, sure. 
Sure. It, it, it was right. the hit. That also yeah. ties into the, the term called corporate rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was, you know, certain bands, you know, I mean, Journey, Journey was called a corporate rock band. Yeah, yep. Amongst other things, you know, um, Toto. There were bands yeah. that were successful, but, you know, if you were in that band and it was the 80s, you're supposed to take care of business. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, when Steve Smith was let, let go from Journey, he left with, you know, there was a package, I would think. It wasn't just like, you're out and next yeah. thing you're busking on the street corner. So, you know, n- not, a, not a very romantic artistic sounding thing but not a stupid way to go if, if you're making money as a band you know what i mean if you're raking yeah. the moons in a tour the idea is not to lose it well right so. they, they they've they've had they've been known for a couple of power ballads journey haven't they sure oh Mark, you're, some you're, of the you're, some of the biggest ones <laughs> yeah um but here uh if anyone if there's well, actually a some, sample of a power ballad yeah so if anyone's listening it doesn't know what a power ballad is Here's one for you right now. And hold on, I don't have my volume up. Okay. Da, 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 da. Power hold ballad. On. Power ballad. Hold okay, on. here we go. And here we go. I'm doing a power ballad. Is that Why's that Diane? asshole Sebastian Bach? Sebastian nope. Bach? Nope. Perry, you name that band. What band is that? Try to guess that the band. Is, that is Warren. I know it. No. Nope. No, nope. no, it's Extreme. Nope. No. Molly Crew. Molly Crew. Yeah. That's Molly Crew. Vince Neil. Wow. I thought that was Clay from the Three Stooges on vocal. <laughs> he was wearing tights and go-go boots back then, right? Yeah. He had another belly. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a giant hit, wasn't it? That was all over MTV. That was probably their first. Yeah, that was their first power ballad. What year Um, was that? What year was that? That would have been. Did I say that twice? Hey, (laughs) Johnny, two years. Two times. That would have been, let me tell you a second. uh, Theater of Pain came out in 1985. I was a sophomore in high school when it came out. I just remember hating it. I just remember. And that was one of the first songs I got sick of. Like every time he turned on MTV. <laughs> now, uh, what? Like, but the power ballad thing, the guitar solo is an important part of it too, isn't it? Sure. Oh yeah. Right. I, yeah. You gotta. The you know, 80s, the eighties roll back guitar solos. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, if history has taught us anything, is that you can kill anybody, and that the eighties roll back guitar <laughs> solos. Now here, now very similar in vain. So yeah. th- this is the the really slick power ballads from heavy metal bands. So here's here's one very closely connected that was huge and it was a crossover. Easy melody, isn't it? <laughs> Get your lighters out. <laughs> yep. You know what band that is, uh, Ferry? That's like that's Ted Nugent. That's that group uh, <laughs> with Ted Nugent. No, damn you know, that's a good damn guess. Yankees. <laughs> yeah. Damn Yankees. That's damn Yankees. No, I'm, that saying is... Cinder- I'm saying Cinderella. Nope. Nope. Oh. I can't believe it. Th- yep. Oh, you know, I again, this was my MTV years. Warrant. Heavy. Warrant. That was Warrant? Yeah. From the album Dirty, Rotten, Filthy, Stinking Rich. Who is the lead singer of Warrant? <laughs> he died. Uh, Jamie really? Lane? I believe wow. his name was. I've actually heard that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and and hmm. like a lot of these bands weren't you know tried to stay together 90s the 2000s they got yeah, all the yep. singers just like a lot of these bands you know mm-hmm. and they, you know what i find funny a lot of these bands from the 80s yeah. they aged horribly because you've got like musicians from the 70s playing they look great steve tyler you know he's 70 and he's he doesn't look great but he's uh they got these guys from the 80s they did not age well none of them they look just cocaine <laughs> and booze booze that's what <laughs> it is Buddha. yeah they didn't do the personal trainer thing i think they took the money and ran and just yeah. you know became yeah. regular people in a lot of ways you know you think about it steven tyler is, has a regimen you know he eats he eats like you know water for many days in a row and then, he, then he can you can have a cheat day where you can have a turkey sandwich well, they, so. they never learned from the Rolling Stones. Like the Rolling Stones were like they you you looked at them, right? Oh, they do drugs. They're so cool. And they, but they had a regimen too. And yeah. what did Don Henley say about the Eagles? <laughs> they purged and binged, purged and binged. Yeah, that's how yeah. they stayed healthy. The Rolling Stones not an ounce of batty fat in any a batty a body fat in any <laughs> of them. Batty <laughs> fat? What the hell is no, batty fat? Speaking of the Eagles, body fat. You guys saw the, the Glenn Fry videos I sent you, but Glenn Fry working out. Yeah, yeah. those are yeah. terrible. That's, <laughs> it's like Don Henley's making hit records. So are you, but you're doing these like you know, yeah. I'm working. It's almost like that Huey Lewis, you know, yeah. um, it's hip to be square video from American Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that coincided with some of the worst music he ever made. His solo albums, I just Ugh, you know, they're yeah, very know. slick, you know. Yeah. Um. Oh, here's here's one for you. I, and I know Perry loved this when it was out, right, Perry? Here we go. Night Ranger. No. This is the one like heavy it. metal band in the 80s that the singer was never really the best vocalist. He kind of strained everything. He wasn't that good, but they were a huge hit. Two albums that were really big from them. Are they American? Uh, three of the guys are from Brooklyn, and the singer was from Sweden or Norway. He was, yeah. yeah but they, uh, they sold... No. Was no. Who was it, Lou? Who had, the, who had the song Summertime Girls? No, it wasn't that. I think that was oh. Y&T. Why was Y&T? Okay, yeah. that was my guess. This, this was an East Coast hard rock band. It was a White Lion. Do you remember them? Oh, my God. Vito Brada on guitar. Uh, I remember, yeah. one, no, I'm sorry. I remember, Perry might know this because uh, White Tiger. Yeah. White Tiger were a big cover band. Yeah, North big Jersey. Zeppelin cover band. Yeah. yeah, okay. So White Lion were different. I remember seeing right. the name on posters. Like, you saw uh, Fandango with Jolyn Turner. Yeah. On, yeah. On a lot of posters uh-huh. in, in the early 80s, yep. late 70s. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, they they uh, they practiced in the basement of Lemoore's. Remember that club in Brooklyn? That yeah. famous hard basement. Yeah. Yep. And uh, they just had connections, and they they got their album out, and they had a huge hit. And then the music business just devoured them. And Vito Brada, the guitar player, he's one of those. Where are they now, guys? He works as a computer guy. He just works in a in a cubicle somewhere doing computer work. He just like I just hate the music business. He got out. Can't blame the guy, you know. I mean. They got, they were a hit band, so you had to play the game. You were part of that. Uh, yeah, you were owned. Yeah. You know, I think there's there's a time you know when you're not going to go super international either. You got to be honest with yourself. Yeah, and say you know, like Rodney Hawkins did it. The Hawk. He realized Canada was a a good pond, a big pond for him to be a fish in. Where yeah. it was something he could just he, he could always play when he wanted to play. He always played. He didn't have yep. to have a job. Never had to have a job. 
So, right. So go. how long did this genre right. last of power ballads? Well, it, it lasts about as long as this next clip. Uh-oh. So apparently, was our song... Hold on. Sounds like Guns N' Roses to me. I actually like this band, and I like that singer. Uh, that Skid is Row. Hmm, good guess. Cinderella. Cinderella. Don't know what you got till it's gone. Tom Kiefer on vocals. Tom Kiefer. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's this kind of a thing. What were you going to say, Lou, before? I plum forgot. Well, well, was our song looking for Stranger Power Ballad? Um, I don't know if this classifies as a power ballad. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, yeah. I mean, you son of a bitch. I walked. I said, I'm well, done. I'll tell you, Mark. I'm done. Fuck out of here. It's only a few seconds. He's going to throw his headphones down. <laughs> no, he's listening. <laughs> I walk. I'm walking. Oh. Don't Tony Don't go over 15 seconds. He'll it's sue fading, you. It's fading out. It's fading out. It's fading out. It's fading out. You shouldn't have mentioned it, Lou. You shouldn't have said anything, Lou. Because you knew I was going to get that. You knew I knew. I knew you knew. Look, look he's zombied out by it. <laughs> He didn't break his headphones though. Can Wait, we do, can we do CPR over the uh, over the internet? Okay, so listen, as a guy that, that never heard it before, I don't not, hate I it. Wasn't, uh, I don't hate I didn't it. knew I was going to get that. You should have never said anything about the. Uh, no, I didn't think it would ever do it. <laughs> well, oh, uh, that was horrible. Okay, <laughs> Lou, that was uh, that was us in our twenties. By the way, the beginning reminds me a little bit of Glory Days because I hear the. The guitar and it. <laughs> well, that was that was like 1987, I think, right? Something like that, yeah. Well, Lou was doing that Simon Kirk thing where, like, every time he hit the boom. His... <laughs> I, I also told engineer Joe Dorigo, I said, put some reverb on the snare drum, on his orange plastic snare drum that yeah, he was so proud First, of. I want to go smoke some weed. <clears throat> told him. Who was smoking those doobies in the bathroom? Who was smoking reefers in the bathroom? Smoking in oh, the boys. So you no, played that. That, so that's okay, not a, that is not a power ballad. No, I will get even but with you. Yeah. Lou, Lou here's one. a little revenge on because you know Perry just is gonna love this one. Uh-oh. Guess this one. Uh hold on. Do 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 I keep forgetting to unmute. Hold on one second. Sync it up, yep. One fifteen, one fifteen. All right. Oh, I know who that is. Shampoo and conditioner, man. That's Dave Coverdale. No, it's Mr. Katane. Mr. Tony Katane. Tip Winger? Yeah, it was, it's David Coverdale. It's David Co- so what was his group called? White Lion? White, White Snake. Tiger? White, White Snake. Snake, by the way, a blues term for a dick. I think Lou froze, man. I think he's really frozen. <laughs> See, I should have never played that goddamn song. You gave, right? No, I think you gave him a stroke. <laughs> he's a I zombie. I I got to get a picture of this before it disappears. Oh, my God. He's going to go away. He's going to go away for 10 minutes, man. (laughs) Reboot. Yep. So 10 minutes. Uh, Let's let's, let's talk about a couple things here. No, let's go on with the power ballads, man. I want to hear some more. Okay. Those songs are funny. 
All right, I'm going to give you a good one. I'm going to give you a good one. White Snake were another one, the king of the power ballads. There was like ten of them I was but, picking like, from. Th- those songs, like you know, it's the big, big ballad, the big, big drums, and then the guitar solo is an integral part of it, isn't it? Oh yeah, and and it has to be reverb laden, lots of reverb, epic. Um, yeah, it has to sound huge, like you're in an arena. Yep. But some power ballads were very well written. And I'll give you one that I really liked from a guy that wasn't known for power ballads. So he did it his way. And uh, I sure you'll get who this is. And I did it again. Hold on. I'm never going to learn to uh, take off that mute button. Uh, You know, I was my boy. the, The show we did the other week, I was full of glitches. All right, here we go. Ready? Ready. Cue it up to 153, and here we go. Oh, I already know who it is. Mama! I'm coming. Yeah, that's Oz. That's, is that Oz? It's Ozzy Osbourne. That's a or is good that the song. Oz? I, I don't know what that Ozzy is. Ozzy Osbourne. That is a good yeah. fucking song, and it's not some cheap... Mama, oh, uh, come on. That has every cliche. No, but the genre offers, man. I'm talking about, me? I'm just talking about the lyrics. It's about going back on the road, not about some girl. He's heartbroken. I want to oh, get back I, on, oh, on I the road. Get, yeah. the, the, the subject matter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There, there were, when he's mom, I'm coming home. There's no need to uh, have a scantily clad woman. No. Strut no. across the stage for no, no. reason, you know. In so vi- yeah, in so a video, I get the point there. Yeah. yeah, in the video, he's singing and there's like doves flying all around and whatever. I just remember driving to work. I worked at CPI and he had those cold, crisp mornings driving in, hearing a song on uh, K Rock ninety two point three out of New York. They were that was Howard Stern Station, and just hearing this, and I was like, oh, that's so good. That is yeah. a good song. I always hated yeah. K Rock. Yeah, <laughs> they they, they kind of like. You listen well, to him because commercial radio. There was nothing else really at the time. NEW took a dive at that time, and there was really not. And satellite wasn't around yet. Um, but I got to tell you too, some established groups from the eighties, from the seventies, also picked up on the power ballads and had success. Like Here's who? a band oh, like who? Well, get this one. This band probably wouldn't have had a resurgence had it not been for this song. Ready? Here we yeah. go. Hold on. Why am I not getting it? No, I just... uh... Oh, okay. There we go. Oh, hold on one second. Yeah, that's okay. Don't worry. (laughs) It's a real Um, show, you know? I'll be like Howard Stern when he was DJing. Here we go. I got it now. We're ready, Robbie. Ready? Here we go. We got them now, Robbie. I know who that is. That, that's a group that's been around a long time, right? One of the best singers in rock and roll, and he still has it. Goofy that's, looking, goofy looking that's guitar Lou player. Graham? That's no. Lou Graham. Give you a hint. Give goofy looking guitar player. Well, but that doesn't narrow it down. Come on, man. cheap trick, cheap trick. That's cheap trick doing a power ballad. Holy yeah. shit! You're right. And they yeah. really sold out because Diane Warren co-wrote it. So it was a Diane Warren thing. That's what oh, you yeah, really sold that, out. That corporate, yeah, that yeah. big, yep. Yep. And who so was that, the producer, you know, with the laden keyboards? I think it was Tom Weirman, who was a big 80s producer. And, uh, yeah. you know, 
uh, you want to hear one of the worst songs ever made? And yeah, I know yeah. somebody will say Mark's a douchebag for saying this, but yep. my son knows I can't stand this. And when he hears it, he has to turn it up. Are you ready? This is this is the shit that destroyed power ballads. Here we go. Okay. Ooh. Half-ass piece Look. of shit. Uh, now I want to hear Scott McClain go. Uh. I can't. I can't do the full 15, so I'm just going to go. Uh. That is a piece of shite. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> Who is that? Come on. Think about it. The singer was all over VH1 Classics. Uh, he had a dating I'm... show. I have no idea. It's either it's Sebastian Bach. No. It's, no. No? No. Oh, it's Brett Michaels. There you go. It's Brett Michaels. What's the name of the group? Poison. Poison. Yeah. Am yep. I right? Yeah. That's it. All right. Now, I well, like this. I, I get a kick out of Brett Michaels because he has he has the the uh, he has the hat, but he also has the bandana or something <laughs> underneath it. So in case the hat comes off, he's got backup. <laughs> You know, that is a horrible thing. A bandana under a hat, cowboy <laughs> hat. Um, but so that was poison with uh, poison. every what a stupid song. It just, you know what, though? It sounded forced. It did sound like you could hear when he tries to sing like that. You know, it's like that was totally coached and everything. Some bands yeah. put power ballads out written by guys that were good at writing ballads. Like, yeah, yeah. Now, you and Scott McLean from uh, Milk Crates d- would disagree with me on this, but I think this song is a natural for the person who wrote it, but I know you hate it. And here we go. How do you know? Okay, let's. I have no idea what you're talking about. Crap. Crap. <laughs> But who you know is why it? I like is it, it? Is it Night Ranger? Yep. No, Damn Yankees. Damn Wait. Yankees. Yep. I bet you. And I gotta say, it's probably the only power ballad that Ted Nugent ever played on. And uh, because but, it's a money, it's a it's a money grab thing. It's that formula, like you said earlier. Yeah. You know, the, these are girls like these friggin' songs. You know, yeah. it's it's like rom com songs. You <laughs> know, it's like <laughs> it's a stupid friggin'. Uh, well, let me tell you, uh, Tommy Shaw could write power ballads. I mean, he was sticks. You know, he did a lot of ballads and sticks. So yeah, he just sure. adapted yeah. that kind of songwriting. Um, a good example of a band, another band from the 70s, that I don't think they intended this to be a power ballad because the guy that did it, yeah, they just like to do ballady songs sometimes. But this was a power ballad. Yeah. Is that Toto? I've heard that song a couple of times. Uh, unfortunately, was, that's Boston, Amanda. That's Boston. That's a yeah. power ballad. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. And you know what? He probably didn't intend it to be a power ballad, but Boston have that big sound, so it comes out like a power ballad. I bet you, you know? I know what the guitar solo sounded like, <laughs> like they all do with him. For the Rockman, Mister One Trick, Mister One Trick Pony. Yeah. Everyone, when I played, like when I was a kid, anyone that got a Rockman, we'd kick them out because everyone that like they tried, they sound like Tom Schultz, but they sucked. So it's yeah, like, don't yeah. try and sound like Tom Schultz, little Walkman looking thing, you know. Um, 
Oh yeah. Oh Perry, I when I was digging out the power ballads, this this one was for you. Why do I think of you on all these? I don't know. I, don't I could know. see I could see you at the Meadowlands Arena in New Jersey holding up a a, a lighter. Well, to these because songs of what I, I told you before we before we went on with the show, you remember what I told you, right? <laughs> <laughs> what did I tell you? Uh, many things. Most <laughs> most notably, power ballads suck. <laughs> well. <laughs> Can I play this song and then we'll, we'll, we'll Okay, here you go. This song's for you, Perry. <laughs> I have no idea who's like I said I can't tell these bands apart. You can't tell that Mutt Lang produced high voice. Oh, that's that's what's his name? That's Def Leppard. Yeah, love bites. Yeah, got that Another. same dr- the power ballad drum sound. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Mutt Lang, man, Mutt Lang, another one that was all over MTV. Yeah. It, it, they made you hate it. MTV did to a lot of these songs what classic rock radio did to many classic rock songs. It just made you hate these songs, you know. Um. Oh, now here's a band that never did power ballads when they started out they were a heavy rock band but on their debut album they were told they had to do a power ballad wise choice because it got them a huge hit and their manager was doc mcgee who was a big 80s manager here you go That's extreme. I have no idea. No. They all sound the same to me. Well, you mentioned the name Sebastian Bach. Oh, that, that was, was Sebastian a, Bach. That what was, was this group? Skid Row on WMMR. Skid, Skid Row. Row, everybody. Skid Row. Sebastian Bach. Skid Row. I remember you. He's funny. He's funny on uh, Trailer Park Boys. He's great. Otherwise, like I want to punch the guy in the face. He's so annoying. <laughs> you know? So so does the band. They kicked him out, and they don't want to hear about him again. They can't stand him. <laughs> He's solo now, right? That, yeah. That's Sebastian Bach. Yeah. Sebastian Rock. Yeah. Hey, hey, Lou, I ran down some of Perry's favorite songs from the 80s. I played Love Bites, Amanda, High Enough from Damn Yankees. Every Rose Has a Thorn, Has Its Thorn. Ooh, that's a, that's a bad one. The man. Flame from Cheap Trick, which is a good song. I like that song. Yeah, I kind of yeah. like that one. <laughs> and, and Perry did pull out a cigarette lighter at one point. He was holding it up. You know? I, know, sure I know he, he did. did. Yeah. I know he did. My enemy. <laughs> now, here's a song that I never liked. This got them back on the map. Uh, one ten for ten minutes. I mean, there was more than this, but that's okay. This no, we I think there were less there than was, ten, minutes. ten minutes. It was five tops this time. Yeah, yeah, really? you got yeah. that quick. Really? Yep. Okay, here's a song over here that I can't stand, and and they they you know, but they got back. Remember this song? Try not to tear up and well up and cry. I was there a, was there a, like a woman a scantily clad woman strutting across the street for no apparent reason? No, there was or an no? angel. He was singing to an angel that was a scantily clad woman with angel's wings above his bed. Oh boy, Steve yeah. Tyler, Aerosmith. Who wrote Who wrote that song? I think it was one of those Desmond Child co-writing Desmond songs. Child, yeah. Yeah. yeah, or Holly or, Knight or the you know, the corporate writers. Yeah, yeah. They they also did something with Diane Warren too. I don't know. I uh, mm-hmm. can't remember what it was. Diane Warren, for a pop writer, had a hand in a lot of 
power ballads. Yeah, yes, you did. Um, uh, Love on an escalator. I didn't just yeah. I mean, I like Aerosmith, but that album to me, oh, you know, I you could hear Sinatra one? doing that one. <laughs> Which one, Angel? <laughs> Love on an elevator. Uh-oh. Let's see what we have. Are <laughs> right, you ready for this one? Okay. I'm crying, man. When I see you smile. It's it's music for women. It's music for girls is what it is. Well, come on, man. It is. It's 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 almost sexist. It it is not. It's like, come on, man. It's like a soap (laughs) opera thing, you know? I gotta go watch my stories. Watch my stories. Watch my stories. (laughs) My shows. One eleven. All right, hey, Perry. Do you that know was who... John Waite. That was, that who was, was John that, by the way. That was bad English. Right? Do you know who was in bad English, Perry? That I, I've heard was... bad English. That okay. was bad English. So it's basically Journey with right? John Waite singing. It was Neil Sean, Jonathan Cain. Uh, I forget who was on drums, and then John Waite. Oh, I thought they were an English you... band. No, was no. it Denny Carmassi on drums? Might been. Yeah, from Heart. Right, he was in Heart. From Heart. Heart. Yeah. I thought they She's were so young. They had that heart. really good pop song with the left-handed guitar player. <laughs> what? What's, what are you going about? Bad English or something? Up, 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 up. How about oh, we English? These power ballads are really throwing me for a loop, man. All right, here we go. Speaking <laughs> right. of Denny, <laughs> let's do it. Speaking of Denny Carmissi, and I do like this song. I do. Here we go. What about love? I saw it. This is a good one. Yeah. Ann Wilson makes it. I, I think it was... Uh, who's the singer? Ann Wilson? Yeah. Or Nancy? Yeah. Ann. Ann. I, I think... Well, they had to go there. Of course, they weren't selling records. So they, you know, whoever their label was said, let's yeah. do a power ballad. Mark, like you were saying earlier, let's do a power ballad. And you come back. It's a comeback. Yeah. 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 And they're using some of the same writers probably too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um. Stuck power ballad writers, <laughs> yeah. So, well, of course, so, yeah. so are the Jefferson. So are the Jefferson Starfish. If the formula <laughs> works, why mess with it, right? <laughs> well, at this point, and when you're hot, you're hot. Yeah, was that Ray Stevens. Yeah. Was that Ray Stevens? And grab it while you can. Was that Steve Tom? You, no, that was Jerry. Jerry Reed. When you're hot, you're hot, and when you're not, when you're, you're not. not. Okay. <laughs> All right. Power ballads hit one truly classic rock band, and they really. Made me sad that they went this route. Please this don't band, say, they can't be Deep Purple. It can't be. It can't no, be. no, no, no. But you, I guarantee you, you won't get it. If you get it, Perry, I'm giving you a 12-pack of, uh, what's that beer you like? I forget which one. Um, Laguna or whatever. Schweinsteiger. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Uh, Lou, who I don't know who that is. I'm going to guess Winger. No, no. Winger. Classic rock band from, that formed in the early 70s. Oh. But I will tell you, they had a different singer because their singer quit on them the year before. But it was Deep the Purple. same. Are they, American? Are they American? No, English. Deep Purple. No, but you know what? Almost the same era. Rainbow? I can give it away by saying what's later. No, 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 this is interesting. I got to look at Lou. Who is this? Oh, I forgot. That was Joe Lynn Turner. No. It was Rainbow. No. no. You want me to give you the singer's name? Yeah. 
Brian Howe. He was on this band with this band for two albums. I know they that, re- that was that was the Kinks. No, <laughs> <laughs> I said early seventies, not early sixties. What's this band with him? Was it a big band? Or was it the second level? Was it the second tier? The, they tier? they headline. Perry saw this band. Yeah, uh, they were big. They were big. Uh, when we're on milk play crates again, and, can you play it again? On milk crates and turntables, Lou. I mentioned this is one of the albums from '79. That their album '79 was one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, hold on one second. Bad yep. company. Bingo. You bad company. Was, you got to be. That was bad company. Yeah, that's Plus embarrassing. <laughs> was it really, really bad company? Mine is Paul Rogers, obviously. But that's Mick Ralph. That's uh, Heavenly Chorus. Wow. You imagine him playing the drums on that song? The music business. <laughs> no. The music I, I, business. You got to do that. You got to do a power yeah. ballad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and the thing was, I, on Bed Company's Desolation Angels, I liked some of the songs, but I didn't like the production. Yeah, yeah. It was I, didn't very, I didn't like the sound of the record overall. I, the song was great. Yeah. If you think about it, if you know, Ready for Love, Ready for Love sounds like it was recorded in my garage in Brickell Avenue. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. not such and, a bad thing. I forget. Oh, no, it's not. No, actually, I, actually, I think that period, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Bad Company, but those first two records, I think, I mean, for what they are, they're, they're, I think Ready for Love is a great song. Actually. Do you know Do you know where that first album was recorded? Your love. If I never hear it again, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> do you know where the first album was recorded, though? Westwood, New Jersey, Brickell Ave. <laughs> no, uh, Headley <laughs> Grange. Headley Grange. Where it was yeah, so why did they get yeah. such a weird sound for their album? It's it's also the musicians. Bono, it's the formula, but it's the formula was, too. It's, it's got to have the big cocaine. drums, the arena drums. Everything has to sound like it's in an arena. Like Santino Corleone said, there's a lot of money in that white powder. <laughs> okay, so this segment's went on way too long, but I'm going to say no, something before I finish I with the last <laughs> ultimate power Uh-oh. ballad that will make Perry weep. I should have put... Mark- Rainbow, yeah. Though, can, can we add a couple? I got of one course. in my head. Yeah. Power, All right. So power balladry. Balladeers well, of power. Here's here's what what probably started the whole trend. <laughs> I'm going Scott McLean in this one. <laughs> Huge hit. There it is. There's the guitar riff. There's the power ballad formula. Yep. Yeah. Big yep. drums. I, big drums. Yeah. Crap. Crap. And, and Lou, who was on drums? Yeah. Who was on uh, drums? The great Steve Smith. Yeah. 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 When I saw Journey in 1979, who did I see on drums? Oh, who was the guy? Steve Smith. Wait, Ainsley Dunbar? Yeah, yeah, he was there in 79. In 79? I saw Ainsley Dunbar on drums. I know I saw the guy with the big afro playing guitar, Neil Sean. I know I saw Steve Perry singing. And I know Greg Raleigh was on the keyboards. Greg Raleigh? Russ Valerie on bass. They sounded great, I got to tell you. They sounded good. I tell you. Yeah. I got to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Bob Hope, Saw Journey. I gotta I tell, you. tell you, <laughs> love hey. and touch and squeeze, and I tell you, I love that song. <laughs> hey, listen, I I can't. Well, wait you a have second. Another power ballad. Yeah, because now one. Lou's got me thinking. So let me just play this one, and I'm going to write down everything Lou says because I have to make an announcement too. 
How about this one? I don't know. A PSA. Somebody's got a drinker. A proclamation by Rosacious. Yeah. Good song. Great voice. Yes, it is, Mark. Best guitar that player in the world. That doesn't sound like a power ballad. That sounds like a pop song to me. It, 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 it's, a, it's a metal pop song with a great vocal. Who is um, it? Now he, now he looks like a satanic male succubus. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. That, that's the guy, Jolyn Turner? <laughs> is that him? <laughs> that's Jolyn Turner, yes. Is that, who was that? On that that's Jolyn Rainbow. Turner. Yep. Oh, really? What was he at? Yeah. Rainbow or one of those? Oh, Rainbow. yeah. That he was, was that the was... Stone Cold. No, yeah. No, that's Street of Dreams. No, Street of Dreams. That's what I said. <laughs> right. I don't know. That's, that's not a power ballad. That's a pop song. Dream. I could see. It's a little bit of both. You got a good point there. Power ballads seem to be a little slower. So the drums, you can, like, anybody can go boom, 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 boom. That's a mid tempo. That's a fairly mid tempo song, right? There. Yeah. 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 But that definitely, nice. Jolyn Turner t- steered Rainbow. Well, that Richie really did. He wanted to be Farner. He was jealous of Farner having so much popularity. Before he transformed so. into a red male demonic succubus. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I, I got um, one. Yeah, but I'm going to write down. What do you got? Night Ranger, Sister Christian. Yeah. <laughs> that's a power ballad, all right, man. Yeah. <laughs> to me, that's the ultimate. That's my ultimate power I ballad. I actually kind of like that song. I do, I do too. Yeah. I do yeah. too. And also, it, it's in Boogie Nights. That's in the soundtrack of Boogie Nights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When some shit um, was going down, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, as far as Night Ranger goes, um, uh, was it Jack Blades was known as the lead singer? Don't tell me you love me. Kelly Keeger, the drummer, had a much better voice. I thought. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think we've kind of discussed this in the past about singing yes, yeah. drummers, and Kelly yeah. Keegan was one of them. Yeah. 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 He, I, Kelly Keegan was a girl I worked with at the Bottle King in Hillsdale, New Jersey. <laughs> Kelly Keegan was the, was the drummer. Um, he also Wanted. played on the side of the stage like Levon, but he had his head yeah. crooked to the side. And I, I said, "How do you sing like that?" Because he had a very, pretty impressive range. Yeah, with your head crooked, yeah. it's like being hung and singing yeah, at yep. the same time. But, yeah. Well, they always reminded me of a progressive band the way they were on stage, and then I heard that they were kind of progressive in their early days, like they tried to do yeah. that kind of music. Oh, here we right. go. This is for you. Oh, I thought it began right away. Mama, right. I'm coming home. Jesus, how long? Okay. That's just a Christian. Yeah, I don't want to play too much of it, but yeah, wow. That is a Good big song. ballad, though. That's a big ballad. Yeah. 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 Big drums. Now, the, the unsung hero of that band was the keyboard player. Yes. <laughs> and where did he come from? He played some big gigs in the 70s, right? He played some big gigs, a lot of studio stuff. Uh, Jack Blades and Kelly Keegi were in a band, California band called Rubicon. Yes. Kind of, they're almost like a funk, white funk band. They were in one of those cow jams yeah, that were Rubicon, televised in the yeah. 70s. Jack Blades. Yep. Jack Blades and uh, Kelly Keegan. Yeah. And, and Kelly Keegan. I saw that cow jam with Rubicon. That, they were more like the opening act or something. Yeah. And, and, and the, the late Jeff Conaway was one of the presenters before Taxi. Really? Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. He was Jeez. on the building. Now Rubicon. They also, Rubicon also had a singing drummer. Ah. Don't know who he is. That's I love singing drummers. 
I think we Perry do a show uh, on singing drummers. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we've we done three already. I think <laughs> we did. <laughs> well, my announcement so, uh, is my announcement. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, make yeah, right yeah. now, and as you mentioned more, I'm writing them down because I have created the first official music relish playlist on Spotify. It's the music relish power ballads. Wow! <laughs> Available to all who subscribe to Spotify. <laughs> I do not sign on to that, by the way. I just want you to know. <laughs> We're going wrong. Yeah. yeah. That's right. I'm with you, man. I already got the playlist up to one hour and 28 minutes, which is 10 minutes longer than a Dio <laughs> concert because he only did 70 minutes. <laughs> so. Uh-oh. Well, I've got, well, I won't be looking for that on Spotify. That's just me. You know? <laughs> we'll send you a link. Yeah. I have a link. I don't. I just... <laughs> Got any more, Lou? Uh, no, actually, I, that was it. Uh, Sister okay. Christian being my favorite. That's my favorite power ballad. Yeah. That's, I was that telling. Great, that Sister Christian is a great song. It is. I, I, was, yeah. I was telling Perry when you were off that uh, Mama, Mama, I'm Coming Home is probably mine. I love that song. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, Sister Christian is using Boogie Nights in the scene where Alfred Molina is the cocaine dealer that Mark Wahlberg are robbing. And they're, they're on the couch with John C. Raleigh and the other goon. <laughs> and there's the fireworks and guns going off. It's, it's used in such a great scene. It's yeah. very effective. Okay, so now we're going to move on to, with tonight's show. Where Thank are we moving to? We're moving on to, this is you, Perry. This future is me? rock star trivia. Yeah. Whoa, rock future rock future. star trivia. Okay. Yeah, man. Cool. Let me, get my, uh, let me find my list so I know where we're going. And okay. other trivialities. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to throw. I'm going to show three pictures. I'm going to show pictures of future rock stars when they were children. And uh, Mark and Lou are going to try and guess, or maybe some of the people out there will try and guess who these are. So uh, I need you to mute your headphones or do something. Okay, I'm going down now. Can't I can't hear you? Okay, Lou, can you doff your headphones? Okay, and it's going to be one, two, three. It's going to be Debbie Harry, Brian Jones, and Freddie Mercury. Okay, Debbie Harry, Brian Jones, Freddie Mercury. Okay. 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 Come on back, Lou. All right. Okay, now I have to just find this picture. And we will see. Okay, this one's going to be tough. This this first one's going to be tough. Okay, little girl, who is this future rock star? That's the best picture I could get. Again, please. I got to guess. Cindy Lauper. Would you care to have a guess, Lou? Mary and Faithful. Those are very good guesses. That is Debbie Harry. Uh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Very angelic. I'm sure, very, I'm sure uh, I, would, I would guess that. Yeah, she was cute. Yeah. Debbie Harry. Okay, I've got another one. Okay. Let's see who this future rock and roller is. Wasn't me, boss. <laughs> <laughs> um, John Mellencamp. He's British. Oz- Ozzy Osbourne. 
Lord John Mellencamp. <laughs> <laughs> that is Brian Jones. Oh. Yeah, okay. Yep. He looks just like he looked at the rock and roll, wrong sons rock and roll circus. Uh, <laughs> okay, I've got uh, I've got another one right here. Who is this future rock star? Frederick Bolsara, better known as Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Lou? Yeah, I'd say I'd, I'd say so too. You're both correct. Right on. That's Freddie Mercury. Yep. <laughs> What's his real name? He's uh, he Frederick- was born in. Ten, ten, uh, ten, uh, Zanzibar was it? Yeah, uh, is, Frederick Bolsara. Bolsara. So was he of like the uh, Indian, uh, like a Hindi faith or something? Some I can't remember exactly, but yes, it's a very strict. Uh, he observed some hmm. religious practices his whole life. Really, really, yeah. except when he was in L.A. during you know the bathhouse days or whatever. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so I've got three more. If you guys want to silence your headphones, <laughs> All right. okay. Dolph. I'm down. Okay. So we have Sid Vicious, Bjork, and Lemmy. Sid Vicious, Bjork, and Lemmy. Okay, I'm back. I could read okay. your lips. No, I'm joking. Okay. Here we go. I haven't uh, got one yet. I got Freddie Mercury. Mark got it first. I, I wouldn't have guessed it. I just I wrote your coattails. Okay, let's see. There's such you can guess coattails. This future rock and roller. British. British. Oh, shit. British. 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 Ray Davies. Uh, Mr. I, Smith? I just, the guy that sang for the animals. What was his name? Eric Burden. Eric Burden, I'm going with. Okay, you're both incorrect. It is John Simon Ritchie, who was otherwise known as Sid Vicious. Wow. wow. Very classy picture, young too. Youth. Wow. Yeah. What happened? He's ready for the banking world in that picture. Yeah, really? <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Wow. Punk music ruined everybody. See what it did? <laughs> okay. New wave. Another... Uh, there's another future music celebrity. Bjork. Bjork, I was same here. Yeah. You guys are right on. That is Bjork. That face. <laughs> Cute face. Right on, man. Unmistakable. Yeah. That is Bjork. Yep. <laughs> Good one. Okay, I've got another one here. Who's this future rock star? <laughs> British. How, how old is he there? Looks like he's about 80. 34. <laughs> he's English. He can't help it, guys. Um, <laughs> um, ears. Morrissey. Ronnie. Uh, uh, Mc, uh, um, who's the keyboardist that got uh, MS? R- Ron- Ronnie Ron- Lane. R- Ronnie, Ronnie Lane. Lane. I'm going to go with Ronnie Lane. I'm going to say Morrissey. That is Lemmy Kilmeister. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> he's got no teeth there, too. <laughs> Lemmy. Lemmy five. Okay, I've got a few. I got three more. 
Uh, okay. I have a few more other than that, but we're doing blocks of three. So will you guys uh, take shut your headphones, my headphones off? Hang on. Hang on. Doff. Okay. Dolly Parton, Brian Eno, Janis Joplin. Dolly Parton, Brian Eno, Janis Joplin. Don. Okay. Don Dockin? Don headphones. <laughs> Let me just locate uh pick. Here we go. Who is this future rock and roller? Lars Ulrich. Jerry Lee Lewis. That's an American girl. <laughs> she's <laughs> American Ulrich. and she's a girl. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to sue my rock fans for they date my show. <laughs> it's a girl. I'm sorry. I don't know. Um, Wait. Tori Amos. Mark? Uh, I'm going with Tori Amos. That is Dolly Parton. Wow. Really? Never guess. Oh, she was androgynous as that's huge. She had <laughs> way ahead, decades ahead of her time. So was I, actually. She had a sunshine face, young, still has it. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. What a radiant okay, face. Very, very beaming picture. <laughs> Here we go. Another and I thought one. it was Lars Ulrich. Jesus Christ. Here's another famous musician. <laughs> I said wow. Chris Christopherson, didn't I? <laughs> uh, can you say American or British? What's that? It's British. Oh, oh yeah, Look I should, uh, a British from the UK. He's wearing a friggin' suit. Look at him. Joni Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> Joni Mitchell's from Canada. I, I know. Uh, English. All right, you want me to give Charlie you a hint? Was. Charlie Watts. Friend of Daniel Lenoir. Brian Eno. The Edge. That is Brian Eno. Oh. Really? Yep. Wow. We know yep, got a, I see it. Clue. Yeah. That is Eno. Okay. I've got another one. She is American. Okay. An American uh, singer. Janice. Grace Slick. You say Janice Joplin? Yeah. I say Mark? Grace Slick. Grace Slick. Lou's right on. That is Janis yeah. Joplin. Yep. That is young Janis Joplin. Wow. Kind of like a Shirley Temple thing going there. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of got a Shirley yep. Temple thing. I don't know what it is, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've got my last set. Okay. So do you guys want to? Uh, there's done. four of them in the last set. Let's done. <laughs> okay. The headphones are off. So it's going to be Sid Barrett. Patty Smith, Johnny Lydon, otherwise known as Johnny Rotten, and David Bowie. Sid Barrett, Patty Smith, John Lydon, David Bowie. Kept my headphones together so I didn't hear anything. Okay. Here we go. The last the last grouping. Are we ready? Ready, sir. Can you name this future? <laughs> the chimp or the human? I'm not going to answer that, Lou. <laughs> Mr. Jiggs, the Hillsdale, New Jersey chimp. Um, I'm going with Mick Fleetwood. Who's the kid? Why, why is he grabbing his crotch? 
Oh, this is he's British, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, because it's Mick Fleetwood. <laughs> he, he used to have hanging balls between his pants on those albums. In it. Uh, <laughs> a kid. It's a kid. It's a kid. I could see John Wheat from Bad English. Good guess. Oh, so you both guessed Morrissey, Mick Fleetwood, <laughs> Mick Fleetwood for me. Mick Fleetwood, where the hell do you get that from? Unfortunately, uh, that's Sid Barrett. Oh, hanging with a freaking monkey! Wow. Picturing uh, the, the the chimp has his arm around his shoulders in a very human like way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it might I have been a petting zoo. I kissed a chimp and I liked it. I once kissed a chimp. Okay, who's this future? Who's this future rock star? I made out with a chimpanzee. Natalie Merchant. <laughs> She's American. And if you need a hint, let me know. 80s band. Uh, 70s, 80s, maybe even till now. That's not Pat Benatar. Patty Smith. From Scandal? Mark no, is right Patty on. That is Patty Smith. Patty Smith as in Pissing in Patty the River. Patty from Horses. Yeah. yeah. The punk poetress. Okay. The hint I was going to say is she's from New Jersey. Uh, the mouth gave it away to me. Okay, got two more. Two more left. Here we go. Uh, they're, both, they're both British. Dos the last two are both British. Dosikis. Here we go. Who is this future rock and roller? It's Johnny Rotten. It's John Lydon. Mark? Rod Stewart. Lou is right Lou's on. Got, that is yeah. Johnny Lydon. That's John Lydon. Yeah, I just guess different because it sucks when we both get it right. I didn't, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> that is John Lydon. Yep. Last one. All, all, all the English kids are all just very proper. The American kids are we're just much yeah, casual. Yeah. They love those school pictures with the books. Yeah. And Although ties, I, had to wear yeah. I had to wear shoes in grammar school probably till sure, about, yeah. I don't know, sixth grade maybe. Yeah. Why? Yeah. You were barefoot otherwise? Yeah, oh, yeah, I was a, I was a pauper. Yeah. He wasn't properly pauper. shod. <laughs> I had holes in my socks. All right, here's the last one. Who is this future rock star? British, right? David, David Bowie. I'm going with Lou on that. David Bowie. That is David Bowie. Yeah. Yep. David yeah. Bowie. Bowie. Yep. David Jones. Look at those ribs sticking yeah, out. Yeah, he was David Jones back <laughs> then, right? Yep. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Not a monkey. That's a good one, Perry. Those are good. Yeah. So that was uh that was future rock stars or future artists, however you want to call it. You know, Patty Smith isn't a rock star. She's a you know, she's a poet, she's a musician. But whatever. I, I, I don't think she would mind being called a rock star. She did yeah. write with and hung out with rock stars. Blue Oyster mm -hmm. Colt. Yeah. We're rock stars. Yeah. And had yeah, an man. album in nineteen seventy nine called Mirrors that we did not talk about on Milk Crates and Turntables. And I've grown to like that album because I got the I box set of all the Blue Oyster Cold albums. I do too. Okay, so Perry, don't go anywhere. Why? Well, because <laughs> After I think we, we we've exhausted rock star trivia, future rock star trivia. Well, yeah, there were and thirteen of them or so. Yeah, rumor has it that you've got some clips of Gordon Lightfoot from nineteen sixty eight. 
Well, I have Ooh. an audio sample of uh, yeah. of Gordon Lightfoot doing a Gordon TV Tenderfoot. show in 1968. Yep. Uh, cool. Uh, what, a TV show, or did you have a name for it? What do you mean? No, the TV show he was on. Is there a name for it? I don't know the name of the TV show. Okay. No, it's I a Canadian, Canadian TV show. Yeah. Ah. Sunday night in Canada. So let's it's take a the listen Moosehead, to the Moosehead uh, Beer Variety Hour. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's see where we go. Look at the panning. That is great, right? Face of a thousand people. Hmm. Listen to it. Look how everybody's so en- entranced. Yeah. Watch the bass player. It's amazing. Boom, boom, boom. One note. They're going to come with an. Listen to that. Listen to that bass playing. Look at the bass player. He's not even looking. He's not even looking at his guitar. <laughs> this is amazing. What, he's going to double pluck a string. Hear that? Yeah. It's amazing. He's not, look, he's not even looking at his guitar. He's also going to play with his thumb, then his two fingers. Yeah. yeah. And Gordon, Gordon's foot and the bass player's foot are in perfect, perfect time. And the other guitar player, no that's drums. Red. The other guitar player's name is Red something, but he was his long-time yeah, guitar that's player. that's his guy. <laughs> he's got the capo on, but he's, he's, he's finger-picking the whole thing. Yeah. Amazing. You said the bass player wasn't even looking at him. And he was looking over there like, how familiar are you with the neck of your guitar that you don't have to even look? (laughs) Also, when you listen to the importance of that instrument with no drummer. Correct. In particular, you know, he's he's actually playing very rhythm. It's it's a very rhythmic instrument. Obviously. Very much. In in the right hands. Yeah. that guy was really good. I mean, that does a lot of people ignore the bass sometimes. Like those early Beatle recordings, you have to almost strain to hear the bass guitar. Yeah. But when you listen to that, you realize how much he's he's pushing that song along. Yeah. You know, with everyone else. Yep. And I want to take a look yep. at their feet again too. Uh, I'll just fast forward to their feet. And Gordon Lanford has a great sense of time and rhythm. Boom, 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 boom. Oh yeah. Look at their feet. Look at Gordon's foot and his foot. Perfect time. Mm. 
Yeah, and the guitar player, man, you like without that guy, he's not yeah. what you know as Gordon Lightfoot. Double pluck. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he's playing with his thumb now. Back to his fingers. Man. I assume it's some Canadian television show. And all those kind of groups, like with that other guitar player, um, like America kind of had that, you know what I mean? With the three guitar yeah. players, Dan Peake might have been that guy on some songs. And uh, Jim Croce had that guy, too. Yes, he did. Right? Yep. And yeah. There, there's, a certain vo- there's a certain voice they had. Yes. Yep. You know. Gordon, his, his guitar always sounded so good. He always, always sounded good. I know he played a Guild 12-string, and uh, yeah, I've seen him with a Gibson. So that was, yeah, Gordo. Gordo Lightfoot, 1968, the late great. The late right? great we lost him recently, a couple of months ago, I think, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. yeah. He was 80-something. 80 83, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> him and John Prine, same year, right? Or no, John Prine was a year earlier. Yeah. I, I think or a couple of years. Well, I mean, there's he a little the uh, COVID, didn't he? Yeah, it was complications. There's it, the yeah. little connection too, because I saw him in the you know in that basement in Dumbo's base, Dumble's basement, where uh, Gordon's sitting there while John Prine, John Prine's playing his set. Right? Gordon is crying. I mean, uh, yeah, Gordon's crying. Yeah, yeah. That that wow. that blew my mind. I didn't know they were friends, and I saw that video. Gordon, and then I see. Yeah. I see Gordon sitting there like he didn't want to be like he was just one of the people in the audience. He didn't want any. And then just to see him start yeah, with yep. the tearing, the welling up, I was like, wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Any documentary on him is worth watching. Yeah. Um, I actually have a DVD of him in Reno, Nevada. I said Nevada because that's the way everybody else out there says <laughs> it. But to me, it's Nevada. Mr. Corleone. But it was Gordon in <laughs> Reno, Nevada, I think in the, uh, maybe in the 90s. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so. <clears throat> Good video. That was, a, that was a cool clip. I always like hearing Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Bob Dylan said, it goes, anytime he hears a Gordon Lightfoot song, he wishes it would never end. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a, <laughs> if that thing was on a tape loop like at work, you'd probably be like, yeah, man, I can well, dig like, this. I can you dig know, this. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how old he was when he wrote it, but like a fa- face of a thousand people, you know, and, and the audience, yeah. they're, they're, they're thinking, they're introspective. They're, you know what I mean? You don't know what's rap. going through their minds as they're getting into it. Yeah. Well, that, that kind of music pre-rock and roll, you know, rock and roll was, it was a, it was a gut punch, even though, you know, it wasn't, weren't the Beatles known for bringing literate lyrics into rock and roll, but. Before then, you know, the folk music, that's yeah. why folk music hit a rock and roll because it was so primitive. But you know, these songs, they yeah. told stories. <clears throat> but I, I, think, I, I think Paul McCartney's dad was right. It should have been, she loves you, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so the, that's what his dad wanted. <laughs> he didn't like the slang. I want to hold your hand. I want to hold your hand. <laughs> hey, you want a little background on that video? Sure. It was performed in front of a captive studio audience in Toronto, part of a 1968 CBC special 
on Gordon Lightfoot called Wherefore and Why. Might be something wow. to uh, look up. Cool. Does it say who his band members were? The bass player and the uh, acoustic player? Uh, acoustic player is Red something. Red Deech. Red Cells in the Sunset. <laughs> red Ships of Spain. Red Skies at Night. <laughs> Damn it. You beat oh, me. You know, that, that was coming. <laughs> Synchronicity. Red Rain. Red Rain. <laughs> Okay, so we're we're moving on. We're moving on to another segment. Are okay. we? Um, yeah, you know, and this segment, I'm going to talk about this one for a bit. It, it country music, and especially like '70s country music, early to mid '70s, is yeah. kind of not my thing. I remember hearing a lot of it and just putting it in a sort of a adult contemporary vein. Even though some of the singers were really kind of good in retrospect, a lot of this music is very very good. So I heard a song by Charlie Rich, "The Silver Fox." From the yeah. mid 70s. He, he was a country crossover artist that was big. I mean, he had some serious, serious, uh, huge hits. Um, and he became a, almost like a bit of a sensation, you know. The year yeah. that he of his big well, success. He won, yeah. yeah, he won Grammys and all kinds of things. So, so Charlie Rich, he was um, Charles Allen Rich, born December 14th, 1932, passed away July 25th, 95. So it was 28 years ago, a couple of uh, days ago that he, he passed away. Um, American country singer. He was really, he considered himself a jazz pianist. Hmm. So in his career, he played a lot of, you know, a lot of these guys played bars, clubs. So he did a lot of like jazz, Memphis uh, jazz type stuff. Never really considered himself as much a country artist, although he had that in his background. He was, um, he was born in Arkansas to cotton farmers, not unlike Levon Helm. Um, so he's known for two really, really big hits amongst others, but crossover hits. Both in 1973, the song uh, Behind Closed Doors, I sent you guys a video of it. It's a pretty well-known mid-country song. And at the time, I said, I know I liked his voice, but I just didn't, that music seemed too sentimental to me. In retrospect, I think it's a very good song. <clears throat> it's written by a guy named Kenny O'Dell. His second biggest hit that I think yeah. he's even more known for, the basic one really people know him for, is The Most Beautiful Girl. Hey, kind of a, did a you happen country. to see, right? Yes. Um, it's got some nice instru instrumentation on it. That pedal steel is very eerie, very haunting. Um, I think the guy has a really, really great voice. He was a great singer. Um, both those uh, songs topped the U.S. country singles charts. Uh, crossed over into Billboard, so they were both uh, number one on the Billboard Hot 100 pop singles. So this was pretty big <clears throat> from a guy that, you know, before in his earlier career, he had a few minor hits here and there. He was known yep. for doing sessions and stuff. Uh, he was a piano player, considered himself a jazz pianist. Um, so, uh, the most beautiful girl in the world was written by his producer, Billy Sherrill, Nora Wilson, and a guy named Rory Burke. Uh hmm. Yeah. But it was still coming out of Nashville though, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're gonna have to fill in for a couple of minutes here. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, Perry, you and I were discussing that this was the, when, pop uh country was trying to go mainstream at the behest of the record industry not the artists yeah they were kind of uh, steering it where they needed to steer it yep because if you get a pop hit with a country performer you get the country people buying it and the pop people buying it so uh and it culminated i think with alabama as we agree you know uh oh alabama they were just awful yeah the closer you get <laughs> yeah that's when i that's when i hated country like i spent years as a youth just not being able to stay in country because of that stuff 
You know, I thought it was just faceless. And then when I learned what yeah. real country was, I became a true fan. And then you still got faceless country nowadays, probably worse. But uh, I know. call it faceless country, too, because, you know, the songs are you. For instance, like, say, like real country music. Who's your who's one of your faves as far as country singers? Uh, you know, everybody goes George Jones, Hank Williams. You know, it's a, it's a tie for voice. It's between George Jones and Dwight Yoakam, and but those aren't. I'm not well, talking about Dwight Yoakam not being one of the classic performers of. Yeah, you're you know right. what I mean. So, he came around in the '80s. I would say it's George Jones and Willie. I'm a big fan of Willie's voice. Not everybody is, but I am. I like his voice. I like Willie Nelson's voice. Absolutely. I I like Bob Dylan's voice. I like Neil Young's voice. I like Willie Nelson's voice. Yep. Yep. Um, and I like Jimmy Dale Gilmore's voice too. Oh, but you know who I'm, I'm a lefty Frizzell guy. Lefty uh -huh. Frizzell from Corsicana, Texas. Yeah, that yeah, was the yeah. singer, man. You know, he wasn't Nashville. No, he was he was Texas. So there was a different, a little more swing to it, or something. You know, just like Bob Wills and uh, and then yeah. who was the guy that was in uh, who had uh, the Bakersfield guy? What was his name? Buck uh, Owens. Buck Owens, totally different type. Uh, Merle of Haggard. Merle Haggard, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every one of these guys had their own character. That's what made them who they were. Is that you, they had a unique voice? Because for every Merle Haggard, there was a hundred guys that sounded like Merle, yeah. Merle Haggard. But you know? you know, there was, but there was the, the, the you know the schools of thought. Nashville was Nashville at the time was with the orchestration. They had a lot of these, you know, these songs yeah. by. You know, the green, green grass of home. You know what I mean? They were these big, yeah. uh, these big, you know, songs that made you think. And, uh, but then there were other people who, uh, you know, like Willie Nelson had to leave Nashville. He, there yeah, was no yeah. way he was going to be. All right. So we know he wrote, Hello, Walls. Yep. How things going for you? To, and he wrote it, and Farron Young had a big hit with it. That was that in Nashville. And by the way, you know how why he wrote that song? Because he got that job to just to make some money. He got like a Brill Building type of job where this yeah, guy's yeah, he's sitting writing, here yep. and he's sitting there and he's like, Willie can't, you know, I couldn't do that. Could you? I couldn't sit there and come up with songs. So he just looks at the wall and he goes, hello, yeah. walls, you know. But, you know, he yep. said, we, we joke about, we say how Nashville became a machine in the 80s. Nashville was always a machine. Willie proved it back in the 60s, you know. Always. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But there and, were so and, many artists from where, you know, from all over the place. Like I said, uh, Texas, Buddy Holly's from Texas. You know, Lefty yeah, Frizzell yeah. is like, if you listen to Lefty Frizzell, I'm not going to tell anybody to listen to Lefty Frizzell, but I'm a Lefty Frizzell fan. The guy had mm -hmm. a voice, man. It's just yeah. unbelievable. You know, he did some blues numbers on some of his, you know, at night I come home. She wasn't there. You know, it's oh yeah, man, Lefty yeah. Gazelle. He's one of those guys. I love George Jones too. I love oh, Hank yeah. Williams too. I have all their records. All George George is magical. Even when he does that standard I call it the Mitch Miller Nashville sound with the choir and the strings. Sounds like a Mitch Miller production. Yeah. But yeah. when George Jones even does that, I love his voice, so I'm okay with it, you know. It's easy yeah. listening country, but it still moves me, you know. But they had their staff producers in Nashville that created you know, I mean, you know, they created that sound and uh yeah, who yeah. was a famous guitar player that uh Oh oh you know who I mean, right? Yeah, um, I'm drawing I got the Smitties as Yep. Uh, but uh, Scott says so, but, 
you know, then it became, like I said, it was started changing, started yeah. changing, getting a little more, I don't know what you would call it, like when John, like when, uh, when Charlie Rich started coming around, you know, and yeah. uh, they're like, hey, did you happen to see the, you know, they're like, you know, they're ballads. They're like, is it really country music? And, uh, and I think the reason I didn't like country as a kid is because briefly in New York City, we had a country music station in the 80s. Do you remember that? And they were running these ads showing people on Wall Street with cowboy yeah, country. Yeah, and I tried to yeah. listen and I heard kick, the 80s. FM, you know, yeah. kick ass country. Yeah, but it was it was, it was yeah. 80s glossy country that was Correct. stupid. It was, already, said, it was already plastic. Yeah. And I didn't like it. So I said, no, I don't like it. Um, and then, so what they were doing, the record industry, is they were trying to pigeonhole into pop crossover appeal. They yeah. got their gold when that song, I Swear, came out in the 90s. Remember that song? So it came well, out I as swear. a yeah. It came out as a country song. And then Sony, I think it was Sony Records that had it. They had an R&B group cover it. So they had it on the top of the country charts with a country singer on top of the yeah. R&B charts with an R&B group. They love that. And and I always say it's, it's all the record companies because yeah. – I've heard that a lot of these slick country bands that are out there, when they start out, they're actually good country bands. It's it's the uh, they get in the studio and it the producer says on the deal they gotta... sign and how yeah. powerful the producers are. For instance, like you were saying, like we were saying earlier, those power ballads. That's a formula. That's yeah. just a formula. They all sound the same. Yep. And country music kind of became that, and it's where it is now. In fact, where like I can't tell the difference between Jason Aldean. And the other guy, and the other guy. I don't yeah, know because it's the same producer, the same format, just like a power ballad. It's the same crap, and it's but, it's watered down. I mean, every music starts out serious, uh, not serious. I should say starts out good. Like country music was was uh, hellraisers and drinking, but it was serious music. It was a, yeah. it was a uh, it was an advancement of the folk movement in a way. Yeah. It was very well done, and then it just turned into Coors Light. You know, uh, that's basically I've, I I yeah. joke about that Coors Light country, but I understand there's a lot of new country hits where they actually say in it have a Coors Light. You know, it's yeah. all watered down and rap. Rap went like that. Rap was rap in is day, invading country music too. Well, yeah, back yep. in the day you had Chuck D, you had real rap, and then it's become watered down to it. The, the lyrics yeah. get lazy too, like hanging out, looking at the girls. Yeah. Whereas yeah. you know, and the country's gotten like that, and every music, what like we said, hair metal. But it, it got watered down, you know. But in country level, like when the Durnus changed, there were a couple of good songs. Like I always liked this one. It, I think the guy's name was John Anderson. Yes, and he had a song called "Seminole Wind." Yes, roll, roll, Seminole Wind. Like just a, mm -hmm. just a. You know, I know the story about you know how the Seminoles were moved out of Florida, you know, yeah. and and yeah. you know sent over to the Midwest somewhere, probably Oklahoma, to some badlands yeah. where you can't grow anything and. Uh, Songs yeah. like that, yeah, like I always kind of like that. I think it was John Edison, Seminole Wind. I believe a couple it was of him. good ones. Uh, the I other like guy that... Alan Jackson songs. Me too. I love hey, Alan Jackson has the heart of a real country singer. He got caught up with with the glitzy yeah. stuff, but he was a good. His voice is good. Another one that that kind of people forgot about. Remember Michael Martin Murphy? He was kind of uh, part of that. He was lumped I into remember that. The name I just can't remember the song. He had one huge song, and I, I want to run and get the CD to remember it. But he, he was like, he was from Austin. He was a Texas guy, but he got lumped into the kind of that type yeah. of John Anderson, you know. But he was a really good composer. You know who was good like that, too? Randy Travis. 
Yes. Randy yes. Travis sounded to me like Lefty Frizzell. You can tell all of these records that he listened to and that influenced him growing up. Yeah. You can hear a little Lefty Frizzell in there. You can hear a little George Jones in there. You yeah. can hear a little Hank, Hank Williams, yeah. right? So these guys were able to navigate the Nashville business and still keep some of their integrity. Well, there was a thing. <laughs> interesting that you even say this because uh, I remember seeing this one time where uh, it was a country music award show or something like that where it was i forgot what it was but it was some country music affair uh-huh. and they said that it was just going to now the promoters of this televised event said it was just going to be real country music no crossover acts because they knew that country was becoming pop and pop yeah. and pop and so Randy, uh, not Randy Travis, who would I just say? Alan Jackson? Alan Jackson. Alan Jackson was playing, and, you know, he's got he's a traditionalist. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter that it was the 80s or 90s. It's still traditional country music that he's playing and he appreciates. And they were promised that it was going to be pure country, pure country. The Dixie Chicks played, mm-hmm. and J-Lo came out and sang with the – now, this is against what you just said. Yeah. You said there was not going to be any pop crossover stuff. Yeah. It was just going to be pure country music. And the Dixie Chicks come out, and J-Lo, a pop star, is singing yeah. with them. That's yeah. when Randy Travis walked out. I mean, uh, Alan Jackson walked out. He said, no. And he left. He left the event. Yeah. Yep. Rightfully so. Nothing against uh, J-Lo. But, he, he, again, it's the industry behind it. Just, take, you know, they, they just want a bunch yeah. of people buying everything and they want to like homogenize everything yeah, yeah. and it pisses me off i i i don't i believe in in different kinds of music for the reason that there should be music for everybody if you like folk there's folk if you like country there's country don't give me country that sounds like r&b don't give me rap that sounds like right. country don't give me don't give me like you're rapping in a country friggin' now, song you know if an artist starts out doing that on their own that's fine i may not listen to it but that's fine but you know it's just some corporate guy behind the scenes a producer of course they're pull, the producers are pulling the strings because the record companies say we need hits we need hits we need hits and like you said you know if you talk about the weekend and Friday night and, you know, my pickup yeah. truck. You know where you're going. Yeah, you exactly. Yeah. Welcome back, Lou. Pizza was great. So, yeah, we were just talking about... How was, uh, how was the pineapple? <laughs> I was just railing about country music. and, uh, me, and Lou, me and Perry were just going well, off on new country, so don't mind okay, us. We okay, were like crotchety we're, old men. No, I, I understand. We left off with... I was talking about Charlie Rich, just on, on a whim because yeah, yeah. I heard a couple of songs and I think... In retrospect, I think he's very good. I think he got a lot of respect. Yeah, from really the, good the voice. He did. Just, yeah. Yep. Yeah. The guy, I mean, he won best male vocalist. You know, nineteen seventy four was his year. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, the whole silver foxing. He was like in his forties. I thought he was like old back then because he had white hair. That's why he was a silver fox. So. That's, that's weird. Like you know, like his hair was covering his ears, and the guy's in his forties. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that was that Bobby Sherman haircut everyone had. In this I had that, that was, but it was all white. So yeah, or silver. Yeah. Yep. So. Uh, Right, but he was prematurely white. But at the same time, I thought he was really, I thought he was, you know, the silver fox when you're 15, you think like really old people. Yeah, but um, he really had like two big hits, you know. Well, like no, in- well, no, that we know of. Here's the thing. Those two big hits, Behind Closed Doors and yep. The Most Beautiful Girl. Um, you know, so for The Most Beautiful Girl, um, that was a number one Billboard pop chart, um, yep. country chart, adult contemporary. It was a big number three hit. 
number three in Canada. So it was the number 23 song, the 23rd song of 1974. So it was a, a huge hit. And it, yeah. I think it's a good song. Um, so that actually, so The Most Beautiful Girl was covered by, amongst others, Engelbert Humperdinck, Slim Whitman, <laughs> which I meant to send you guys a copy. I haven't, I haven't seen it. I'm yeah. just curious. <laughs> That's how Slim Whitman would yodel his way through that. He was a yodeler, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And Andy Williams also covered it. Um, so, when, so once, you know, his early career, you know, early career in the 60s, you know, he did a lot of session work. He, he did uh, demo tapes for Sam Phillips of Sun Records. It was, was considered too jazzy. Was he a rockabilly jazzy. guy like in the old days, uh, Charlie? Well, he had, he, it was a mix. He considered yeah. himself a, ja a jazz pianist. So oh. his music had infusions of, of all of that. He had some minor hits, and he always had managed to keep working. He did a lot of sessions as a, a piano player for like Johnny Cash, Jerry Lee Lewis. I think it was Bill Justice, uh, people like that. So you know, he was known, and he worked. So up until the mid you know, later uh, 60s, 67, you know, whenever record label he signed to, um. The, the producer said you need to concentrate on your country roots mm -hmm. and so that was the beginning of his sound that we know of as you know as per those two big hits that he had really? that we, we have heard yeah so um yeah he had a 1960 top 30 hit with a song called lonely weekends and they're good i, th I think they're good songs i think george J i think they're on a par with george jones they weren't too schmaltzy mm -hmm. you know they all Mid seventies for country music could have been kind of. That they all way. did some cheese. They all threw some cheese in yes, there every yes, now and did. again. Even George yeah. Jones, yeah. Right. So uh, eventually, you know, he did a song. He had a minor hit um, with a song called "Mohair Sam." It was a top thirty hit. It was written by a guy named Dallas Frazier, who we talked about earlier in mm. another show because he's the guy that wrote the song "Alley Oop," that was uh, done by the Hollywood Argyles. Yep. yep. Oop, oop. Um. So then, sixty seven, he signed to Epic Records, and that's when he began his Nashville sound you know the, the was a country politan it's a sound that was kind of happened in the mid to late 60s where the arrangements got a little more, more lush they were using orchestration yeah. some strings and things like that yeah you know it could, it could get kind of syrupy but i, I think it could be i think it was yeah. done very well yep um, i would say it had the mitch miller touch right i was saying that with perry before kind of a no bit mitch miller was yeah. new york this is now yeah, yeah, with, with the backing singers and the strings you know a little bit backing of singers, yeah. it was schmaltzy I mean, yeah, yeah. And at, yeah at its worst very schmaltzy yeah. i think at its best i think it, it's not unlike a lot of philly soul where for soul music philadelphia soul was not was very much unlike detroit and right. memphis and other things yeah yeah it was it was much more lush and much, much more, more lush and string so. oriented yep yeah yep. so at, at its worst very schmaltzy at its best um, very heartfelt, I think. Mm -hmm. And I, th I do think Charlie Rich and Listening Falls into that category because I remember those songs. My, my stepmother loved The Silver Fox, you know, and Thunder on TV. He was almost like a middle of the road. He was, I like yeah. him to Neil Diamond in yeah. the mid 70s where he, he seemed kind of like a schmuck. You know? There was a, like, I'm sure <laughs> or, there was a two year period where if you just said Charlie Rich, everybody knew who he was. Exactly. Yeah. And in closing the segment, I have a quote from someone who alludes to that but ends with a compliment. Um, so behind closed doors, if you listen to his piano rendition, it, it's a really good song. It was considered very racy in yeah. 1973 because you know who knows what goes on behind closed yep. doors. You know there could be all kinds of shenanigans. It's a paperback, um, yeah. Yeah. So I think it was in so in that year behind closed doors um, was a, a breakthrough album for him. It won the Country Music Awards for Best Male Vocalist, Album of the Year, Single of the Year, um, both um, behind closed doors and the uh, the most beautiful girl. All won Grammys for best song. I mean, in crossovers too. Yeah. Um, so in going through the uh, mid seventies, you know, he had six. He had five number one country songs that crossed over into the uh, the pop charts. 
Uh, there won't be, um, it says there won't be any more. Number 18, a very special love song, which is a nice song. Number 11. So he had these, these five crossover hits that were number one country hits and also crossover high charting and the pop charts. Uh, he was a country music awards entertainer of the year in 1974. He performed at the Academy Awards. Remember the movie Benji? About the little yeah, dog or something. Yeah. I grew he up with the Benji song. dog. <clears throat> okay. Well, he, uh, he performed the song. It's called I Feel Love, otherwise known as Benji's theme. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he had three more top five hits in 1975, and then he started drinking heavily. <laughs> so <laughs> that kind of culminated in, his, in the 1975 Country Music Awards where he was supposed to present John Denver with a award for best male vocalist or song, and he lit it on fire. With Is that where he lit it on fire? And uh, he, yeah. was, he was a bit hammered, and, and he, yeah. for some reason, didn't think that John Denver was country enough or something. Yeah, well, and, uh, he thought he was too pop, not enough country. Really? Hold um, on one second. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> there he is, Silver Fox. Yes, indeed. He's hammered. He's lighting it on fire, though. Got a laugh, though. My friend, Mr. John Denver. And and John Denver had no idea what was going on yeah, back no. there. Those and listening, then, when he announced Charlie the winner, drunk. he, yeah, if anyone's just listening, he took out the uh, the, the thing that has the winner and he lit it on fire. So it was changing. So now, you, like Lou said, in 74, he was top of the heap. Yeah. Now, 75, he's not A top of the later. heap now. John Denver is... well. He, he was still on top of the heap. Yeah. Um, but the thing was, you know, he just, you know, he was but indulging. Because he had won the country music, <clears throat> that that award, the Country Music Association in 74, it was yeah. his job in 75 to give the award to the next one. Right. That's why he was there. Now, and I'm it, sure he wasn't like, happy about it either. No, it's kind of a punk thing to do. You know, Sinead O'Connor threw up a picture of the Pope for a much more serious yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. And he got a look yeah. at the laughs he got. You want to but, watch it again? It's a few seconds. <clears throat> He's smirking his way through it. It's the professional drunk. But he drops it. Uh, he drops it. Foster Brooks. Look, <laughs> it's W.C. Fields opening it up. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Love yeah. that suit. And it's burning. My friend, Mr. John Denver. You're a punk. You're right. He's a punk. Charlie Rich is a punk. He's a punk, man. <laughs> it's punk to like Charlie Rich. Um, <laughs> I posted a couple of songs on my Facebook page. and Not too many hits, but I think a lot of people who are in country music circles, like Chris Christopherson, Johnny Cash, I think they really have a lot of respect for this guy. He was a very serious musician. And I think he's a great singer. Um, he's great, got one of those verses God Bless great America voice. that is just yeah. horrible. Um, I listened to like his, his greatest hits today and, you know, but most of it, I think it is well-written, really well sung, well-played. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, hmm. so post success, he had a, a, a number 20 uh, country hit with a song called Spanish eyes. I wasn't familiar with it until I write this down or if you can and, and play, you will know this song. You've heard this song. I, I was like, that was Charlie rich. It's a weird crossover, almost mm-hmm. kind of Latin. It's it's kind it's a weird song, but I'm like once I heard it, I immediately recognized it as something I heard on the radio and it came out in like I don't know, 78 or something like that. 
Um, he's in the movie Every Which Way But Loose playing himself. Now, Every Which Way But Loose, the song. Yeah. Who did that song? Was that Johnny Eddie Rabbit? Eddie, Eddie, Rabbit. Rabbit. Eddie Rabbit. While you're turning right. me. Great right. song. With, with the most iconic drum fill of yeah. all time. Even boom, more boom, so than boom, Phil Collins. Boom, Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Every yeah, which yeah. way but lose. That's that ballad. That's that balladeer uh, I drum forgot yeah. that yeah. when they're in the bar, Charlie Charlie Rich is singing. Yeah. 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 Great right. scene. Yeah. Yeah. So in 1992, he did a jazz album that was produced by rock critic Peter Goralnik. Um, we've wow. all read Peter Goralnik's reviews. So the guy, he was like born in the 30s as well. A lot of these old rock critics, these guys are old right now, <laughs> if not gone. Um, yeah. So, you know, he kept going and going and going. So, um, he died at the age of 62 in was it 95 of a pulmonary embolism. He was traveling to Florida on vacation with his wife when they had a coughing spasm. It was a blockage in his lung. Anyway, he ended up passing away in a hotel room with his wife. Uh, oh. at that time. Uh, so in 2016, there was a, uh, tr- a tribute album called feel like going home. The songs of Charlie rich released on Memphis international records. I'd like to see who's on it. Um, I'm going to give a quote from Robert Crisgow, who was one of the most, serious and difficult and very discerning rock critics of all yes time. yes and this is what he wrote about charlie rich um rich's jazzy chops and heartfelt polish transformed nashville's best chicken fat into high quality mainstream pop arkansas's answer to nat cole cole was better at it but i prefer rich's homely subject matter and rock and roll roots from chris god's record guide rock albums of the 70s and 1981 so to get a compliment from Robert Crisco, whatever you think of him and his taste is no small feat. Yeah, so, you know, the right. guy was legit. Charlie Rich. Um, when did he, uh, so when did he go away? When did he pass away? 1995, July 25th. So he's been gone a long, uh, 20th, long time. 20th anniversary yeah. of his death was a couple of days ago. Wow. Five days hmm. ago, actually. So none other than Tom Waits immortalized Charlie Rich in a song from the album Nighthawks at the Diner. The song is called Putnam County. The line is, the Red Deer's spitting out Charlie Rich he sure can sing that son of a bitch. Mm. <laughs> Good. Charlie Rich. Yeah. Very cool. Charlie yeah, Rich. Silver Fox. Yep. He's gone. Nothing can bring back. <laughs> we did everything that we could. Dust in the wind. We all will be. <laughs> all right. So now we're on to the, 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 alleged, the alleged final segment. And I blipped out twice. Well, I've got some random and relish good. and I have trivia also. You do? Well, I forgot about the trivia. Oh, wait. Yeah. Okay, so have at it. Go for it. Enlighten us. Well, I've got a Humiliate couple. Of, us. I have a couple of random subjects. One thing that I, I just, I heard this yesterday, that years ago, Bob Dylan was detained in New Jersey. Yep. He was doing a show that he was turned with Willie Nelson, and he was detained in New Jersey in, I don't know, Monmouth County or Atlantic you, County. You know where the show was? The show, the show was at the PNC Art Center, the old, uh, that the outdoor thing. So you're in, yeah, so you're in no, real. No, this, this, is, this, is, this is somewhere else more like down the shore. So so yeah. Bob Dylan, Bob likes to take walks at night, you know, yeah, whatever. He was in and, suburban New Jersey. That's what it was. And yeah. so he's in, he's in walking around at night and it's raining. So he's got a raincoat on. And of course, he always has the hood over his head. So now he's he's walking around and he's looking for a house that's for sale or something. And of course somebody calls the police and the po- Long Branch police come. You know, it's Long, Long Branch, Branch, New Jersey, and the police come. And he's trying to say that he's looking for a house that's for sale. And you know, they, of course he, they don't know that it's Bob Dylan, so they had this big thing where he's like I'm Bob Dylan 
and the, it was a female cop in New Jersey that uh, that was you know taking care of this thing. So they had this big thing. They drove all the way back to the uh, to the place where the the um, the convention center was. And they drove all the way back, and the buses were there, and it's Bob Dylan, and it's like, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you. But apparently, he was looking for the house in Long Branch, New Jersey, which is for sale, that Bruce Springsteen wrote, Born to Run In. And they say oh, Bob wow. was looking for that house, is to what buy. he was looking for. Hmm. Was he was he playing at a convention hall in Asbury Park? So they were playing at a convention center near Long oh. Branch, New Jersey. So, yeah, it could have been... Uh, Anything, wow. yeah, I don't know how close Asbury Park is to uh, Long Branch, but right, right, right next door. Oh, so it's probably they were probably one town at convention center, yeah. So the cop right. had to or, drive or, or him the back. Center. The, he was detained by the police. Wow, I don't think handcuffed, Talking but they drove him back and they said, like, so the cop says, goes up to the bus, uh, are you missing someone, you know, and then this, and then uh, you know, Bob's uh, manager, whoever. Showed him the passport and it's Bob and you know whatever because they're probably going overseas after that. Anyway, he was looking for the house where Bruce Bruce Springsteen wrote "Born to Run" in Long Branch. That Bruce rented. That Bruce rented, but the house is for sale, and I don't know. Maybe Bob wanted to buy it. I don't know. That, that, or maybe he just wanted to walk by. Maybe he admires. I think Twitter and the Monkey Man from the Woolberries, one of the one of the Woolberries album is yeah. Bob Dylan doing Bruce Springsteen. Well, there's a there's a picture that I have. I'll, I'll try and snap a picture of it of backstage, Bob Dylan backstage in his whiteface period, mid seventies, and Bruce yeah. is backstage with him. Oh, yeah, okay. so I think they were, were they admired we're, we're, each we're, other. Yeah. Ronnie Spector. Is, is that is that picture with Ronnie Spector, Bruce, and Bob? Dylan? Maybe, maybe. Yep. Wow. Hmm. But Dylan and Whiteface. So, that was a wrong Thunder review. Yeah, that was like a, a more than a year long. Uh, well, you know, I mean, but they did. It was it was a nice little, uh, nice little tour. But that's uh, my my favorite period of Bob Dylan. Is what the uh, Rolling, Rolling Thunder? Thunder review? Yeah, that's my favorite period. Yeah, there was like fifteen year old Sharon Stone ended up backstage with her mother, and uh, joined oh. the tour. And Sharon, Sharon Stone was uh, wow. you know on the road with Dylan and the boys. <laughs> Wow. Was wow. that after the band tour with after the before after yes. the flood or Yeah. So yes. that was 75. This I is think. the mid 70s. Yep. Mid 70s. Yeah. yeah. So that that was from the Desire era. Yeah. Which I yeah. think is one of his best albums. Yeah. He was doing uh he was one more cough, cup, of coffee cup of coffee for the Sarah. Yeah, yep. And he was doing his I you can hear the he was yeah. listening to Arabic music and you could hear the inflections. Yeah. Yeah, he was listening yeah. to a lot of that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and I also read that John Lord, I guess, was the deep, he was the keyboard player for Deep Purple, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Maybe he was a little pompous ass, but he, John Lord once said no, he wasn't. Al, that Al Cooper plays organ like a chihuahua wearing boxing gloves. He does. <laughs> he does. He was not an so organ what? player, but he happened to lay down one of the best organ tracks. He created a sound. Is that a great story? Is that a great story? And Dylan goes, turn up the organ. I want to hear more yeah. organ. Yeah. More cowbell. Uh, who was a country singer that said, I could eat alphabet soup and shit out better lyrics than that? That was Tom Waits. Tom, Tom Waits Tom said Waits that? Said, yeah. Just, just to show you where John Lord's coming from, in the 70s, you had Rick, you had Keith Emerson, Rick Wakeman, and John Lord. John Lord knew 
he was nowhere near those two. So when he would talk in concert at Deep Purple shows, he would introduce himself as Rick Emerson or Keith uh, Wakeman, you know, as a joke, you know, because he knew, you know, he was a great keyboardist, but not like those guys, you know. I also, I think he's the the inspiration for Derek Smalls of Spinal Tap. Although Derek Smalls was a bass player. I right. think John Lord smoking a pipe, and because yep. I said, I said you have you said who knew that, John yeah. Lord. I said he was a very literate gentleman, like yeah. an English yep. gentleman. Like he probably drank a lot of port, you know. But you know, you're on, you know, come out of your pod on stage, you know. <laughs> but also, now, when, when Deep yeah. Purple toured, they are they were all of the guys in Deep Purple were very good football, and I say football as soccer, soccer mm-hmm. players. Yeah, wherever they went, they would do pickup games with the local teams. John Lord never played; he wasn't fit he was more of a like you said a pipe smoker yeah. meat eater he would be sitting on the sidelines smoking cigarettes yeah <laughs> then before he plugs his, his, reading plugs his organ into a marshall amplifier yeah. <laughs> I'll, have another, I'll, I'll have another cream sherry please yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> have you got any pims number one cup and the only other thing is that we, we neglected to say last week that Tony Bennett actually had a recording studio in Englewood New Jersey did not know that <laughs> did it, yeah. I didn't know that yeah really yep Englewood, Englewood, New Jersey. That, that was that's a hub. That's mm-hmm. also a hub, like in New York City. You know, Eddie Murphy had Bubble Hill there. Um, one a lot of, the of base, R&B and rap one, artists were based out of there. One yeah. of the biggest jazz studios there, uh, uh, Rudy Van Gelder Studios. It recorded many of the early Miles Davis. Well, Rudy Van Gelder just recorded everybody uh, yeah. that was on the New York jazz scene. Am I wrong? But weren't the Marsalis family from there or no? You know, I'm know. not sure on that. How about John Travolta? Sure. Well, my Johnny sister, Travolta. listen, Johnny my Travolta. parents lived over Travolta Tires in Hillsdale, New Jersey. Oh, yeah. And my sister yep. played with little Johnny Travolta. He'd come up to see his aunt and uncle. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I have, uh, if you want, I have a couple of trivia questions. Okay. Go for it. You want to hear them? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Hit, Here's hit. the question. What was the last song? Keith Moon never played live with the Who. Sister Disco. Won't get fooled again because it was the last song in the It was 1978. Oh. Now consider the Who hadn't toured since 1976. It would have been the uh, the sessions that they recorded for the movie, right? Quick and Ham Studios. Yeah. So So I'm going to say... What was the last song Keith Moon played with the Who? I'm saying goodbye, Sister Disco. (laughs) I'm going with Won't Get Fooled Again. It is for a small invited audience. Uh Uh-huh. For for the kids all right, we won't get fooled again. Keith, that was the last song Keith Moon played live with the Who. Yeah, that 1978. 1978. Yep. So they they just so you know they just recently not recently five years six years ago released a DVD of that concert at Twickenham Studios. Yeah, the whole yep. concert because they only used like four songs in the movie, but there was a whole concert. Yeah, and it was a very small crowd. And the director kept insisting that you know we need we need a closer we need a closer we need, you know Townsend's like what do you want me to do like you know I'm bleeding already you know or and he was you could what tell he was drunk off his ass because. When they start, won't get fooled again. He's just waving the tambourine around, just like jumping around. His oh. Les Paul is like rocking all over the place. So, Who is the famous? The, the, well, go ahead, they, Lou. They record that at Twickenham. Same yeah, place the Beatles yeah. did the first Let It Be. No, not Twickenham. It, it was Shepperton. Shepherd oh, Shepherd Shepherd Shepherton. Okay, yeah. my bad. So yeah. Were, yeah. Were, were the promotional videos for um, Who Are You shot there as well? Like the song Who Are You? Mm-hmm. 
Now, that was in the studio, if I remember right, the Who Are You. That was actually in the movie, and they yeah, used like, studio, studio footage. Studio. Yeah. Well, they yeah. were part owners of a f- film studio, so they may have been part owners of Shepperton, where they could, anytime they wanted to, they could just, you know, go mm-hmm. do okay. uh, yeah. do whatever they want. Oh, but Yeah, and the kids are all right when they, do, when they show Who Are You. I think they, they lip sync just like a quickie for the movie because, you know, they mm-hmm. weren't actually recording. But, yeah, there was Keith was making all those faces and he had the duct mm-hmm. tape on yep. his headphones and everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 1984. MTV Video Awards. Won Video of the Year and beat out Thriller. What band beat out Thriller to win Video of the Year at the first ever MTV Video Awards. They are American. ZZ Top, Sharpter's Girls. Sharpter's Man. Uh, I'm going to go with Toto, Rosanna. <laughs> okay. I'll give you a hint. They are from the Northeast. Oh, shit. Zebra. They are American, <laughs> and they are from the Northeast. Blue Oyster Cult. Now, um... 1983, they beat out Michael 1984, Jackson. first ever MTV Jay Giles Music Band Awards. Freeze they frame. beat out Thriller for Video of the Year. I'm going with Jay Giles something. I'm going to so give you one more Jay hit. Giles. They are I from just, Massachusetts. Jay fucking Giles, man. <laughs> Centerfold. My love grows cold. They are from Boston. <laughs> Freaking free Aerosmith. Loving an escalator. Jay Giles. The Cars. You might think I'm pretty. That was... Video of really? the year, they beat out the car. They beat out Dude, Thriller they... for with video of the year, nineteen eighty four. Well, Scott McClain. Really? Would have so I don't that remember one. the video. What were they? Was I don't either. He was walking on water or something. No, his no, no, face no, 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 was no, no, on no, a fly. That was magic. That was magic. No, no his he, face he, on the fly. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Paulina. Paulina. Okay, well, it was it. video of the year, so it's that artistic part of it that the award was for. You kept it going okay. till the sun goes down. You kept <clears> it going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what famous <laughs> guitar player? <laughs> One more. <laughs> you might think I'm crazy. All I, All I want is you. <laughs> Rick Ocasek was hard. in that Buddy Holly thing going, so hard oh, yeah, yeah. You, you know, oh, yeah. That little Buddy Holly, uh, 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 that right? The little hesitation thing. But you kept it going. <laughs> till the sun. <summer. laughs> you kept it. Okay. <laughs> one more. Last one. We all know the song very well, obviously. Right? <laughs> what famous guitar player talked the Doobie Brothers into into get, uh, hiring Mark uh, Mike McDonald, Michael McDonald, to replace Tom Johnston, who had taken ill at that time? Who is Tom Johnston? No, Tom Tom Johnson was I the know. guy, you know, China Groves, the singer, the you know, I, sang I, I all those. Uh, he suggested it. No, 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 Tom Johnson was taken ill. I know. So, I, I thought he's. I thought he suggested his own replacement. No, another guitar player did. Can I ask Denny if the guitar Diaz. player was yeah. British or American? They're American. Okay. Denny Diaz. That's my final answer. Okay. Mr. Smith? Uh, on the show. No, he's Canadian. He's Canadian. Here's the connection. Show. It was Jeff Skunk Baxter, who had worked oh. 
with Michael McDonald and, and the Doobie Brothers on the, uh, on the yeah, Steely Walter Dan Becker. records. Yeah. He's a so when Tom Johnson had taken ill, yeah. Skunk Doctor yeah. says, I know who you get. He talked Patrick Simmons and those guys. I know who you should get. You should get Michael McDonald. And uh, that's how he became a Doobie. Lou, yeah. take over the show. Do a Michael McDonald concert. Come on, I want to hear it. <laughs> I think he ruined the band. <laughs> what happened to the guitars? <laughs> well, that's that's it. For, that's it for me, man. I'm spent. Can I can I, can I add one little thing? Just one Is little thing unannounced. Sure. Yeah. And I'm going to yeah. do I'm going to do something. The show, that, you know, all right. So you know, we lost a, a very good singer this week. We lost Sinead O'Connor. And um, yep. I'm not going to say much because I I didn't follow her musically so much. I loved her first mm-hmm. two albums, but I always loved her. And when she got booed, ironically, at Madison Square Garden, ironically, at a Bob Dylan tribute concert, when people booed her for what she did on SNL of tearing up the picture of the Pope, I could see an Aerosmith audience. Oh, sorry. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah. Bob Dylan, yeah, first she's so strong. Came out. Don't let the bastards get you down. But yep. I'm not going to like laud all these things, but I am going to quote because me and Lou were on were on milk crates and turntables, and mm-hmm. Scott hit me hard with that quote from Morrissey about Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. I just want to reread it. He had a post titled "I know I couldn't last," and he basically I just want to say what he said. It's very quick. Former Smiths frontman wrote that the cruel playpen of fame gushes with praise for Sinead today. She was dropped by her labral. After selling 7 million albums for them, she became crazed, yes, but uninteresting. Never. She had done nothing wrong. You praise her now only because it is too late. You hadn't the guts to support her when she was alive and she was looking for you. Referencing other female stars who have died, he added, why is anybody surprised that Sinead O'Connor is dead? Who cared enough to save Judy Garden, Whitney Houston, Amy Winehouse, Marilyn Monroe, Billie Holiday, where do you go when death can be the best outcome? Was this the music madness worth Sinead's life? And he said a lot more, but he was absolutely right. You got everybody lauding her now, yeah. and everybody <clears throat> was like, fuck you to Sinead when she was alive. And and it's a sad. When she gets ripped up the picture of the Pope. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Joe Pesci, Madonna. A lot of people jumped on it. Yeah. Um, it was a very punk thing to do. Just like Charlie Rich burning... John Denver's acceptance, only much lighter. Um, well, you know, Scott McLean even you know, said she'd be praised for it if she did it today. Y- yes, she would. Right? Yes, yeah. she would. Yeah. And uh, like Alex Lifeson accepting his Rock and Roll Hall of Fame going blah, 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 blah for two minutes. Yeah. Look at balls this big. I mean, that's, that's yeah. a statement. Yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter. Mark, like like you, her, her initial couple songs, I heard some things. I thought she had a great voice. I was not a big follower of her music, so I don't want to, you know, she, she didn't artistically mean everything to me, but I do remember when when she ripped up the picture of the Pope, <clears throat> her idea behind it, I wasn't offended by it. Me neither. You know, I haven't gone to a Roman Catholic high school. Me it's neither. basically she made a serious statement, but she did it too early. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, you, I, I you know, where, you know, too soon, too soon. Yeah. And, and a couple of years ago, she was living in a halfway house in New Jersey. And it's that really blows sad. my mind. Yeah. 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 I know. I, I, I forgot where I read that, but I was like, wow, man, this is, this is what happens on the downside. And John Lennon wrote the great song. Nobody loves you when you're down and out. It's yeah. true. And it's, in, it's a sad in thing, the, but it's true. In the New York Times the other day, there was an article on uh, the village, tiny village in Ireland, up in the mountains where she lived for a couple of years. And um, she lived there because it was quiet, and they kind of protected her. And her son would come visit, and she would cook him breakfast and stuff. And then he ended up committing suicide 
uh, he had her mental, she had her problems and um, she evidently posted not long ago, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, nothing now. Like when you lose a kid, you know, um, yeah. but the, it was a wonderful article about how she just, you know, just lived in this tiny cottage. She'd wanted the world. She didn't want the world on her. And I guess, you know, that she was in a halfway house. Then she had this house. So I don't know, like, how was it eco, you know, e- economics I, I think, that she was? I don't know, you know, yeah. but. Uh, well, it was eventually, you know, being like I said, she told the children, call the accountants first before you call 911. Make sure my money's going where it's supposed to go. Hmm. Um, you know, I think that halfway house might have been like a way to something better. Maybe she hit bottom. I don't, I don't know the exact details. Well, yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean she but, hit bottom financially. Yeah, a very lucid, yeah, I mean, a very lucid interview. Personally. Hmm. Yeah. What's that? She didn't. She might not have hit bottom financially. Just you know. No, no. Personally, I, I don't, like, yeah. there's still royalty. Like she has money coming her way. It's yeah. just The personal yeah. demons, like you know, a lot of many people have had success, and just those. It doesn't matter at some point when you're that. Yeah. Yeah. Right with yep. yourself. Yeah. I know. Well, uh, <clears throat> you know, but uh, what Marcy said was absolutely the truth, and and I, I yeah. disagree with a lot that Marcy says, but I agree with a lot that he says too, and that was perfect. I get this feeling when people die, and everyone comes out and says, "Oh, they were the best." I get pissed off myself. I'm like, right. yeah, you yeah. know, were, were you saying yeah, anything when they were all? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you, you can appreciate a, yeah. her music, her voice, her artistry. Yeah, you don't, you great, don't have to be a big fan. Voice. She had a great right. voice. Yeah, well, absolutely. Her politics, I couldn't care any less. She's, I couldn't care less about her politics. It's her, you well, know. It's her she voice. had a unique. Yeah. She had a very unique Irish in the '90s. Irish voices, like you had the Strawberries, Delirious O'Riordan. Mm-hmm. It was a very strong. Kenya. She could go from quiet to a howl in a second, yeah. and that's why I liked. And now. And I'm doing, I'm guilty. I'm catching up this week. I've been listening to a lot of the albums I missed of her. And wow, you know, she put out great music and I'm sorry I didn't listen to it. What are you guilty? Why do you, why are you apologizing for Because here I am, here I am listening to all her songs when I lost track of her. Like, you know, I checked out of music, a lot of artists, you know, and now I'm listening back. You catch up with it when you catch up with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You're right. And because because there's so much music out there and there's so much stuff you like, you know, it's not like I wasn't a big fan of 80s production sounds. So nothing compares to you. While I admired the performance, the sound of it never really grabbed me. Hmm. So, but also in retrospect, a lot of things that I heard in the 80s I didn't like at the time, a lot of synth pop, a lot of more that type of stuff. When I hear it now, I'm, I'm much more forgiving. So, that's yeah. the great thing about her art. She wouldn't hold that against you yeah. or me or Perry or anybody saying that means yeah. she exists in perpetuity. But also, yeah. like, so, you know, like I'm a I'm a thing. With, I'm a stickler for these like videos, you know, the videos, the videos, the videos like. Uh, yeah. Like Gary Newman. You guys talk about Gary Newman in cars a lot. And Scott McClain talks about that and like, you know, but I haven't seen the video however many times. It's like. But when I hear it on the radio, it's through a set of headphones. Like, this is fucking great, man. You know I why, Perry? I don't care about the imagery. I'm tired because of the imagery. When you listen to it, you're hearing the chords and the lyrics. When you're watching the video, that's overcoming your senses of the video. Like, yeah. we're talking and about I'm the hearing, Cars video. Yeah, on shitty like, television speakers, too, by the way. You know? Yeah. 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 yeah like, the Cars right. video. I see Rick Ocasek as a fly. I, it pissed me off. I hated that video. <laughs> you know? What I find is really amusing lately, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, I'm either hearing it before on the radio or hearing it afterwards. Like I heard Gary Newman's cars the other day. Yeah. After talking about it. And I said, what, what I remember where I was when I heard that song, I was in my car. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 um, Bloomfield, New Jersey, <laughs> just, mm. no, I was I, in Maplewood, New Jersey and Bloomfield Avenue. I, I'm like, what the hell is this? This is, I like it. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's weird. It's fucking weird. Yeah. But it's, it's yep. completely fresh. 
Mm-hmm. And just but anyway, are we are we nearing the end of the show, guys? And uh, my clock says we've only been on for thirty three minutes because I keep zapping. Oh, you know your clock. <laughs> well, You're... I got to tell you guys, I smell the baked lasagna that my son made downstairs, and it smells yeah, pretty nice. damn good. Is that yeah, a pose of fried lasagna or a boiled lasagna, Mark? He he's the real cook. He doesn't put ketchup in it like me, you know. So, yeah. you know, good for him. That's good a joke. Him. I don't do that, everybody. I know. You don't. <laughs> I wouldn't think so I, I either. Guess this, yeah. isn't, this isn't near the end of the show. So we are the Music Relish Show, and we've been presented by Mark, Lou, and Perry. Yeah, I'm Lou. That's I'm, Mark, and that's Perry. Yep. I'm Rosaceous McButtcheeks. Yeah, I don't know what your name is today. <laughs> The opening theme was written by myself, Luke Lucio, and Tom Griffin. <laughs> so if you like us, if you comment, subscribe on any of our formats. That you and can what be are the formats uh, that yep. we are on. So the Music Relish Show can be found on Spotify, Apple, Podcast Addict, Pocket Cast, YouTube, Facebook, as administered by Rosaceous mid <laughs> Wait, I'm supposed Mark. to ghost you when Mark you do that. Right? I'm supposed to be like McCartney ghosting John Lennon. So do it again, Lou. Spotify. Okay. Spotify. So on Spotify. Spotify. Apple. Apple. <laughs> podcast. podcast. <laughs> Wait, it's not again. The Music Relish Show can be found on Spotify. Spotify. Apple. Apple. Podcast Addict. Podcast Addict. I'm a podcast addict, by the way. Pocket a podcast cast. addict. We're on YouTube. YouTube. Facebook as administered by Mark Smith. <laughs> when he we feels like Amazon, what is he, a fucking on, diplomat? Yeah, really, <laughs> right I am. I went to school when, for that. When he does administer to it. And Perry <laughs> yeah. never mentions it, so I did. Ooh. Okay, so we're also zap on we're on Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. Google. Overcast. It is overcast over here. Yep. And Podchaser. Podchaser. And we're also well, on we're also on channel two, four, five, seven, <laughs> nine, and eleven out of New York. And we're also we're, we're also on Venmo. <laughs> Venmo. And, I am on Venmo. Send me money. And while this initial Spotify playlist does not represent what we like, I am gonna start thinking about assembling playlists to reflect if we discuss a certain genre. In a show, yeah. music roles, Spotify playlists. And, well, like uh, I said, I have, yeah. I have not agreed. I have not. I will not put my name on the power ballad Spotify music. But they're all for you, show. Perry. You I'm going to retitle me on Perry. Crap, <laughs> I'm on that list. Captain from Crap. <laughs> yeah, maybe you I'll take it acting? down. <laughs> <laughs> this song is called Ashtray Skyline, as performed Ashtray. by myself, Mark, Ash- and Perry. Will's. <laughs> And that's the ashtray. <laughs> well, that's a different song. That's yeah. a different song by by the verb. This is Asheville Skyline. Asheville that's recorded Skyline. by. Blah, 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 blah. Our, our next week, I, we might be doing volume three of uh, the Music Relish Radio Show. That's Am right. I wrong about that? You could be right. You may you be may right. You may be right. I may be crazy. Yeah. Are, do you Mark, agree to it? Are we? Do you want? Do you guys want to do that next week? I think we have to talk to Rosaceous McBudgeek. Uh, I'm fine. I have to host. Are you, are you here? Yeah. yeah. I'll be okay, here. Okay, so yeah. yeah. Captain from Crap. So, uh, Perry, I found some CDs of other original stuff that I don't think you've broadcasted. I think I'm going to try to burn them onto my computer system and send them to you send via them to email. Where are they? On your phone? No, I have, I have CDs. So, I have a CD burner in my, um, my workstation. So, I'm going to try to burn them onto my hard drive. Send them to me, yeah. And, 
Hey guys, for, uh, well, everybody, you're hearing the post show that no one hears right now. We're all talking like, you know, like, this is cool. I'm like, hammered. This I can't still, wait to eat on my the dinner. Air, guys, this is still, we don't, we don't shine <laughs> off till the song is over. Uh, so I, I'm hammered. Like, what I'm hammered. Bad <laughs> <laughs> I know where you live. Is that the phone? Second, <laughs> second glass of wine. All right, shut Mark's up. Drinking Chardonnay. <laughs> I've had three beers. I'm on vacation, actually, guys. This is my week do, off. Do, 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 week do, off of my staycation. Staycation right. next week. Next week it'll be uh, volume three of the Music Relish Radio Show. A little preview of some titles of some songs. There'll be a song called "Society Hill" that will nice. be played. Yeah, nice. A song called "I Wish," and a song called "Toad Poppin'," or is it "Turd Poppin'"? <laughs> Both. <laughs> and a song called "I Can't Lose." Farewell. Good night. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye.